does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, thanks for waking up with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Dykton out today. Sam Fritz hanging out with us. And we have you for the next three hours up until 10 o'clock broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. Day two discussing the Anthony Richardson move to injured reserve. We got to react to the 9 o'clock hour yesterday, but three full hours today. KB, a good morning. I have a feeling we're going to be both saying the word bummer about 900 times throughout the next three hours. How are bummer. you? Bummer. I have. I don't know if I've ever said that more in a 24-hour period than I said it yesterday. I also tried to reference instead of bummer if you're more of a visual learner. Again, okay. just look at how Dylan Brooks uh, executed a kick of the you-know-what to Daniel Tice the other night. That would probably be the other visual way to describe the word like let's be honest right yeah let's be honest for a second here how many times have you said the word bummer in your life 10 times and i felt like yesterday we were inundated with it is it like that (laughs) am i getting ready for like little league baseball more in my life of like yeah max it's just a little bit of a bummer you weren't able to you know whatever throw the ball to second base in time there hopefully it's not but uh, yeah, I feel very old every time I say that word. But nonetheless, that is the word. That, You're an old man. What can I tell you? Yeah. Again, that's what also what morning radio does right. to a man. Uh, it Married, makes you a little father, bit older. Losing hair. <laughs> yes, all well, of that's, that. We grow, uh, we grow we hair. Grow Indy's hair coming Indy. back, baby. They're going to help You're a month here. away. Actually, I think it is a month Yeah, from, Like literally, <laughs> isn't, it the, today. isn't it the 10th or 11th or I, something I, in November you're doing it? Friday is before the Good Colts enough. go to Germany. That's when, uh, yeah, I'm going to oh, look goodness. like modern day Jesus. Busy show today. Mike DiRocco going to join us. We'll talk some Jacksonville Jaguars football coming up at 8 o'clock. James Boyd from The Athletic will join us at 8.30. Obviously, all the Colts news, they get ready for Jacksonville, the AR injury, and everything else. And then our guy Jason Hammer going to join us. Uh, I guess he's a degenerate, I've been told, so we'll have some fun with him for a couple minutes coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, KB, I don't know, you've had... So we... It was interesting for us, you know, we did kind of all this build-up where we talked with Stephen Holder yesterday, and heck, we talked to Josh Downs yesterday, and at that point in the 7 and the 8 o'clock hours, you know, we figured Anthony Richardson would be going to the AR, but it had not been thrown out there, and then yesterday was a funny organic moment, and Sam, you'll like this because I just found out you're a Penn State fan. We played that that sound of James Franklin yesterday, his back and forth with a reporter, and then the second it ended... KB goes, we have news from the Colts. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even get to like marinate in that funny viral sound from James Franklin yesterday at 8.56 or, or whatever it was. We pivoted right to, he goes to, you know, AR goes to IR, uh, and that's been the reaction. We got to react in the 9 o'clock hour, a new audience here in the 7 o'clock hour, and the word that keeps coming up is bummer because is it four weeks? Is it five weeks? Is it eight weeks? Is it, you know, December? Is it he doesn't play this season? Uh, Shane Steichen didn't have much information. The Colts right now don't have much information, and that's where we are as we sit here on this Thursday. Meanwhile, the Colts are getting ready for a massive game in the AFC South. Yeah, and and just quickly on that massive game part, 
Andy, when you look at what Sunday could mean, we'll get more into this, I think, at some parts today. Again, Mike DiRocco from the Jags joining us at 8. I know there's been a little chatter of, like, did Jacksonville pick the Colts as their opponent post-London? That is a question I do want to throw to Mike DiRocco. I don't... I, I think you can pick that you want to play a game post-London and not elect to have your bye week. I don't think you can pick the opponent. That'd be quite the... Um, well, I mean, I've never heard of anything like that, that'd be if that's the, the case. Quite the statement there from the NFL in allowing that. Um, but Sunday is huge, Andy. I mean, when you look at that and what a win would mean for the Colts, it's not that far-fetched to say a win on Sunday could very well mean the Colts have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Jacksonville this year. They obviously won't have it based off their two games they played, it'd be a split. But if you look at divisional record, the Colts would be in the driver's seat. So, you know, again, that's a conversation we can get to at some point. But uh, as you said, you know, right before the 9 o'clock hour yesterday, the Richardson news um, breaks. And, you know, being out there yesterday, Andy, and just seeing him in a sling, that was a bit humbling. Like, I'm not used to seeing NFL players in a sling. And the fact that it is the right throwing shoulder, and there he is just having to you know stick out the left hand for a fist pound for Gardner Minshew after a rep, or you know, Sam Ellinger, or even Kellen Mond, and it's like, y- you didn't go through 4-12-1 to watch Gardner Minshew play quarterback. You didn't have such the embarrassment of last season to not have your rookie grow, develop, prosper, however you want to describe this first season for Anthony Richardson. And I thought Shane Steichen was rather subdued yesterday, just all throughout that press conference, and pretty understandably. I think behind the scenes, you know, Shane might put a little bit of a poker face on. I think he's pretty kicking the you-know-what about this situation of, like, we got to get this dude healthy. And I don't know if he'll show that publicly, but I think behind the scenes he is. Um, And when he uses the word, Andy, yesterday, he's out a minimum of four weeks. Right. And, you know, they are still debating whether surgery is possible you know, when he has the answer of we'll see to the question of could he be out for the rest of the season, obviously none of that is ideal news uh, with this situation. So four weeks to me, I've probably already gone to six weeks because six weeks would mean he doesn't play that Germany game against the Patriots. The bye week then is week six. So to me, it's like let's just start with Tampa Bay after the bye week, seven games to go. And then we'll see how the next few days and few weeks play out. Is it, hey, let's rehab things early on, see how he reacts to things for the first week post-injury, and then we'll deem if surgery is necessary? That's probably a question to throw Shane's way tomorrow. We'll see if we'll get any answer on that. And I think in general, Andy, in this market, we just have Andrew Luck PTSD. So, Which, by the way, you should. With how the end of his career played out, you absolutely, every time there's an injury to a quarterback, should go back to a big moment in the Colts' history. That's fair, by the way. And let me be clear, these are not the same injuries. No, they're not. I want to make sure that I get that out of the way. But it's a quarterback being injured who's a franchise guy. It was a labrum uh, for luck. This is an AC joint sprain, um, a grade three tear. We'll play a little clip from Will Carroll, who joined us earlier in the week, kind of explaining what surgery would mean for that here in a bit. But I think my very, 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 very uneducated medical opinion is this. It's probably more of an Andrew Luck PTSD opinion, if I'm going to be fully honest. If rehab means, hey, he might return for the final three games of the season, four games of the season, and surgery means we would correct it, 
We're very confident of that. Mm-hmm. He's got to miss the rest of the year. I probably go. Oh yeah, to to the surgery. The, route. the latter would be would be the conversation. Which again, this comes from a guy and myself, Andy, that has said for months now, play him, play him, play him. So you've changed every single rep. If be- because if, yes, yesterday you were on the verge of changing. So I feel like today you fully changed with again, if he sits out the rest of the year instead of playing the last four games, I'm going to be able to live with it. I'm Kevin Bowen. Like you, uneducated you medical sure. opinion is my hand is fully raised with that. That's kind of where I'm at with this. There probably is an ounce, Andy, of me thinking, oh, my gosh, if he were to return and then get hurt again at the end of the year, that would just add to another month, month and a half where he could have been recovering from something. That and just more of the mental strain on him. I I, I think that is a very fair question to ask. Maddie was looking at me last night. It's like, gosh, I can't imagine being 21 years old, being the face of the franchise, (laughs) and you're out there at practice in a sling. Like, it, it was such a... Humbling might not be the right word, but I was just like, damn, that sucks. You right ever now. been in a sling before? Sam, like, you ever been in a sling? I've never been in a sling. I'm like picturing my like elementary <laughs> friends falling off the monkey bars and like, can I sign your cast? I, I had a buddy who could like his arm like, ba- okay, so basically he was drunk and he like fell down steps or something. He did something stupid. I can't even remember what it was, uh, but his arm would pop out of, you know, it'd just like pop out, but he could put it, he could put it back in and like he had to be in a sling occasionally. And that's the only person I know who's been in a sling. But yeah, I mean, who you don't gets- see that very often. Do, do media members get to sign the cast uh, of, of uh, any injury? Well, you know what's funny? I almost was going to come in here today, and I'm like, you know, if he if he can play the last four or five games, let's see what he can do and, because and, he and can I be, want to be there. Yeah, because but... he can be injured next year in game one, two, three, four, five. The same way he can be injured uh, in game, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17. I, I just think for me, and I know Colts fans feel this way. Uh, I, I would imagine as well. It's just a bummer, and I said this yesterday, and we'll rehash some of the items that we talked about in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday, but to me, it is the ceiling of this team is with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. And and so just move aside him maturing and and finding out about him and everything else. Like, Like, we're not going to have this middle part of the season, like the beginning of the NFL season, everyone's ready to be back and and, and teams have hope unless you're the Bears and Giants and Jets and a few other teams. But, you know, you always have... Sick Mark Dyke catching a stray on this Thursday morning. uh, Like, so many many people, like Mark had hope, okay? Even for his crappy Chicago Bears. And then, you know, the first month, month and a half of the season goes by and then that hope dissipates and franchises realize they have a bad coach, they have a bad quarterback, they didn't draft well, they you know, everything else. And for this Colts team, they're better than what we thought. And the next, I don't know, month, month and a half, we could have seen, now it might've went the other way. We could have seen Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor meshing with Shane Steichen as a head coach, throwing Zach Moss, who's playing the best football of his career. And the ceiling of this team could have been much higher. And Gardner Minshew is a fine player, but the ceiling with him uh, is now the floor might be higher, but the ceiling with him is not as high. And just, um, just yes, AR maturing as a player, finding out more about him, playing on the road in big atmospheres. You've mentioned consistently this week, KB, going and playing in Jacksonville, a team you're playing a second time. How are they different guarding you, and how are you different, and how is Steichen different attacking him? And we're not going to get those things. And I feel like Colts fans aren't maybe panicking because 
Minshew is really solid, um, but it's a bummer not to see not only to find out about AR, but to kind of see this team organically the next month and a half, kind of figure out, hey, how good can we be? And I think just so much uh, is up in the air. And then I want to talk about this, I don't know, as we go today, maybe James Boyd at 8.30. How does this change Gardner Minshew? How do teams, knowing that they are that they're zeroing in on Minshew, how does that change preparation? How does it change even the preparation here in Indianapolis with, with Shane Steichen? There's just there's so many angles. It's just all a bummer uh, with what we're going to see the next. And that's nothing against Minshew. It's just a bummer because you wanted to see this team kind of coming to its own with a young quarterback and a young coach and a young roster, and then JT comes back and they get four snaps together, and that's a bummer. Uh, one snap. That's all we Was got. Was it just one snap on with, Sunday a, with AR and Jonathan Richardson Taylor? And Jonathan I, I mean, Taylor, that's all we got. So, um, yeah, that's why. And, and I don't think I'm doom and gloom guy. I certainly try to be just purely honest, frankly. But this season, I think – no matter what happens, Andy, there's an element of just emptiness that we'll get to at the end of the year, of just not fully getting the answers or the clarity, however you want to describe it, uh, on the franchise well, You're getting wrong answers. You're getting fronts. answers that terrify you right. if you can't stay healthy. Yeah, and again, some answers yeah. on the field are encouraging. I, I don't think there's sure. any debate about that, but unfortunately, some of the off-the-field answers, uh, if you want to be an internal optimist, they are murky at best. Um, if you want to go down that path. Outside of the Richardson news, which is a little bit of an element of, hey, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Uh, pretty good injury report, I would say, for the Colts on a Wednesday. Bernard Ryman, Quiddy Pay, Shaq Leonard, all back to work. Braden Smith will be one to monitor as the week moves along. And as we said, it is a critical, critical week six matchup coming up between the Colts and the Jags and all the ramifications that play out from these two three and two teams facing off in Jacksonville on Sunday. So we'll certainly touch on that. What will the style look like different for Gardner Minshew? It does sound like an increase in workload for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, what will that look like? We'll get Jacksonville's side of it. One of our favorites, Mike DiRocco, coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll chat with him fresh off of back-to-back games in London. Uh, again, James Boyd joining us at 8.30. And uh, I'm going to throw that question to Jason Hammer when he joins us at 9.30. Does he feel more optimistic about IU covering 33-and-a-half <laughs> or Notre Dame as a two-point favorite, two-and-a-half-point favorite oh, against Caleb Williams? I'm done with Notre Dame the rest of the and year. And the USC You still going to wear your Notre Dame stuff if they win on Saturday, I even though be, your season's over? I want to be done, but okay. boy. Are, They'll pull you back in. Are they the ex-girlfriend <laughs> that I can't stop thinking about? He is Andy Sweeney. I'm Kevin Bowen. Sam Fritz, by the way, good morning. Thank you. No problem. It's my favorite place to be at 6 a.m. in the morning. I, I d- don't know if you're serious, but your effort has always been <laughs> tremendous. I don't Sam think Fritz he is. I don't think he here is. On this Thursday morning, it is going to be a little bit warmer today, so enjoy that. Sounds like for the next two days and back to kind of fall weather. Uh, it is a wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Reminder, Mike DiRocco going to join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some Jaguar football with him. James Boyd at 8.30. Jason Hammer going to be, I believe, in studio, KB. He'll join us at about 9.30 or so. Let's get your morning check down. Week, what is it, week six? Yeah, week, week six. six. Oh, my God. It's just flying by. We wait for the NFL. It's already week six. My goodness. Week six of the NFL season tonight on Amazon. Chiefs and Broncos. Kansas City favored by 10 and a half. That over under at 47. So I'm sure Al Michaels about midway through the third quarter will be uh, ready to move on to the next game. Chiefs and Broncos used to mean quite a bit. Maybe not as much. Uh, Colts injury report from yesterday. On the positive side of things, Bernard Ryman back, Quiddy Pay back, Shaquille Leonard back, Braden Smith, uh, probably the the main name to watch. Mo Ali Cox also did not practice, but uh, Braden Smith, a foot and a wrist. He's been battling a little bit of a wrist injury this season. If Braden Smith can go, though, you're back to your normal starting offensive line, and obviously that comes in a big week with Jacksonville. Uh, on the schedule. Uh, obviously, the big item from yesterday, though, broke right around the 9 o'clock hour for us. How would be Anthony Richardson to injured reserve? Uh, out a minimum of four weeks. Shane Steichen yesterday said that uh, they are still going through the process of surgery, and there is a possibility of, you know, he, he could miss the rest of the season. We'll see was the answer on if uh, Richardson <laughs> will return to play again this season. So, um, injured reserve, yes. Now it's, okay, rehab, surgery, and that will deem, I guess, the back end of that timeline. Doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy at all. No. Uh, uh, you know, the will see is not something you want to hear. Gardner Minshew, now the starting quarterback, here's what he had to say about AR's injury. Yeah, first off, man, hate it for him. You know, it's, he's really had some uh, tough luck to start the year. Uh, he's been playing some great ball, been leading the guys really well. Uh, so, you know, my heart goes out to him first. You know, hate to... Hate to lose anybody on the team to injury, and um, especially a guy like him, you know. But excited for the opportunity, excited for uh, the trust the coaches and uh, my teammates have in me. Uh, so just excited to go out there and help my team in any way I can. A four-point spread right now. Jacksonville favored over Indy for Sunday. <laughs> it's uh, a difficult right. spread, by the way. I don't think I like that one. We'll talk with Hammer at 930. I think I'm staying away from that one. Last night in Major League Baseball, the Astros continue to be the Astros. For a seventh straight season, they are moving on to the ALCS. It is a 3-2 win over the Twins. Uh, Michael Brantley, Jose Altuve. Yeah, they continue to Just do move it. on. Uh, yeah. them, Just move on. They now <laughs> will take on the Rangers so that'll be a quite the time off for those two so that's a 5-2 matchup the Rangers as the five seed the Astros as the two in the NL we know that the Arizona Diamondbacks will be in the NLCS boy I feel like bad. what the hell Dodgers man that payroll I know and our guy wow. Lance Lynn the Brownsburg native four home runs given up in the third inning last night that obviously set the tone four solo shots they went up four nothing the Dodgers got two in the seventh that was it. So you had a sweep of the 100-win Dodgers, a sweep of the 100-win <laughs> Orioles, and tonight, Spencer Strider on the mound, so you would think the Braves are in good hands. But the Phillies and Sam oh, Fritz, are those your that. Phillies? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm 100% Phillies. He's a Phillies fan. We were talking they Phillies before you got here today. are going for the 3-1 win in that matchup, so you could have, obviously that's not a sweep, you could have all these 100-win teams eliminated and none of them even winning multiple games. Mookie Betts, 1 of 11 against Arizona. 1 of 11 against Arizona, Mookie Betts. Bryce Harper staring Ooh. through the whole city of Atlanta. <laughs> Bryce Harper That's, really has just the whole series in control. He's no, he, he's my new best friend, he's, if we're being yeah, honest. Here we go. He's Philly. 
He just looks like Philly. I'm, he stares I'm, like Philly. He is Philly. Do you understand? I like the Philly swagger. Well, uh, you know what, KB? I don't need to hear that this morning. Okay, I don't need to hear that. You've you spoken you, like a true Giants yeah, yeah. fan over there. <laughs> you know what? You know what I like? I love that USC swagger. That's what I love. Oh, I was trying gosh. to think what Can would, what would kick you in the groin. At him, Sam? <laughs> well, it's YouTube. You can do just about anything except so, play Metallica and uh, Taylor Swift music. So three of four, we know. Again, Houston, Arizona, Texas will wait Atlanta and Philly to join them. Uh, all right, on the other side. More into the Anthony Richardson situation we've brought up. And again, the Colts have not ruled out surgery yet for Richardson. What would that mean? Will Carroll joined us earlier in the week. We'll we'll play that clip that he had. uh, Exactly what surgery would mean for Anthony Richardson with this injury. Playing style-wise, what changes now that Gardner Minshew is under center for the Colts? And expect a little bit more Jonathan Taylor coming up on Sunday. We'll chat all of that on the other side. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I've the fan. Reminder, Mike Duraco joins us. Top of the hour, James Boyd, 830. Jason Hammer in the 9 o'clock hour. Talk some gambling with him. But we're reacting with you. 239-1070. Obviously, the big news, Anthony Richardson to IR. We'll get to some sound here. Surgery isn't a possibility. What would that look like if AR did go under the knife, as they would say? We can dive into that just quickly, KB. I always have these lead-in stories I do. And I don't like this story. I got to be honest. I always get very jealous. Do you see someone hit the the Powerball last night? Sam, did you see this? One guy hit the Powerball. It wasn't like a bunch of workers got together and we all, you know, around here at Radio 1 bought, you know, 35 different tickets and combinations. One guy in California hit the Powerball, $1.765 billion. (laughs) Second largest payout in U.S. lottery history, $1.765 billion. Find a connection (laughs) to him. No, I don't know anyone in Cal. I'm, I'm related to nobody in California. Absolutely like nobody. California shouldn't count. I feel like it. You know, haven't they? Isn't that thing just kind of broken away from the continental U.S.? <laughs> well, I mean, he'll have to pay. He'll have to give it all the taxes in California. Right, I was he'll have nineteen dollars and forty-five cents. Well, yeah. <laughs> When he's when he's done. Uh, all right, so reacting with you, Anthony Richardson news. It continues to be the B word around here, uh, and that's a bummer. It's a bummer as Jonathan Taylor comes back. Uh, could have seen those two together. And then KB, you know what worried me when all of this kind of, you know, earlier in the week, and we talked about it, but it's like one of those things like you don't really know, and that is the S word in that surgery. What, Adam Schefter, Josina Anderson, others saying, hey, it's not off the table. There is, you know, a possibility when AR and the Colts are going through their options that surgery could be on the table. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we're talking more about that this morning than we did yesterday when we reacted to this news. Yeah, and again, this is probably a question for Shane Steichen tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll see how much he will reveal on this end but are you to the point with Richardson right now who was present at practice yesterday wearing a sling I tweet out a photo of him at practice where you're rehabbing some stuff early on you let it play out for x amount of days and then you deem if surgery is necessary and I guess when is that kind of drop dead date for that again we had Will Carroll on the injury expert you guys have heard him on our airways before I think Will does a great job of kind of meshing the medical world and the sports world together. 
uh, and asked Will earlier this week about surgery. And again, a grade, an AC joint sprain is not always like automatic surgery. Um, I think oftentimes it's kind of the worst case scenario or the last option that you would go down. But this was Will's answer when talking about Anthony Richardson's situation and if surgery would be the route to take. With the advent of what's called suture tape, um, all you have to do is think back to Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback who had where they put an internal brace in his elbow and he came back in just months and he's looked pretty darn good. Keith Meister did that surgery as well. They can do that where they actually basically tie the uh, the joint back together, let the ligament uh, heal uh, under repair, and the, the suture tape is what they call it, uh, that, that forms the brace. That basically makes it so the ligament can't be hurt. There's, it's stronger than the ligament's ever going to be. Uh, we've seen this use, same kind of thing used in knees. Uh, Tua Valoa has it in both high ankles. Uh, so we're seeing this used more and more, uh, and it's really successful. The problem is we don't have a case on a high-level quarterback like this. So I, I really can't say. Normally, you know, with a grade two, we're looking at four to six weeks. With a grade three, this used to be a season ender. But I can't give you a really good one because we just don't have very many examples at this level. Should note, Andy, again, Anthony Richardson, so much about his accuracy was debated exiting Florida, the retooling of his throwing motion. It sounded like, I think if anyone watches him throw the football, it's a very natural-looking motion. It's not herky-jerky. I mean, it's a smooth, you know, I always kind of reference it. If The throwing motions that I think are most attractive and, and you know, the guy has the most arm talent, they look like shortstops. Mm-hmm. Richardson looks like a shortstop to me throwing the football. Um, but it sounded like it was a little bit more lower body centric and what they wanted to change from Florida. I remember we had his quarterback coach, Will Hewlett, on back after the draft, and he talked about you know just kind of speeding up a little bit of the feet process and, and his hips and things like that. So I, I do think it's not like you're impacting a guy that has gone through an immense amount of different arm shoulder motion, but I do think his overall throwing of the football at some point, you want to get it to be muscle memory. And through the first five games, I don't think that's been too much of an issue for him or too much of a question. But again, I think that falls in a little bit of the this is unfortunate category of he's going to miss at least four weeks of practice time. And when you start adding up how many games he's missed and practice reps, I do think there's a little bit of a muscle memory to it, Andy, that he is obviously missing. And who knows if after the shoulder, I don't think this is the case, but as Will said, it would be a rare surgery for an NFL quarterback, would that lead to any sort of, I don't know, different sorts of throwing motion or impact that muscle memory at all? Well, the first thing I thought was when Will Carroll told us that a couple days ago, it's like, of course we have to talk about the injury that hasn't happened to a big-time quarterback. Like, this, like if it's an ACL, we know the process to an ACL. And I thought, by the way, and Sam, I don't know if you thought this, when KB was talking, I thought you were going to do a little bit of a rookie of the year. Like he was going to come out of the surgery and his arm was going to be even stronger. Rowan there, Gardner? There, there for a second. It's like, well, damn, he already could, was I was going to say, could he get ball. much stronger? Yeah, I was like, man, is anyone going to be able to catch these balls? I, I just saved that. Uh, I, I just, 
It's you know, Will Carroll's like, yeah, yeah, we haven't seen a great example on a quarterback like this. I'm like, of course we can't. So, like, how do we talk about it? Like, that's going to be the next however many weeks or months is going to be that, right? I mean, the Colts have four weeks now where they're not going to talk about it. And then no one really thinks he's going to be back for New England. And then you have a bye week. And so everyone understands when you have a game and then a bye week or, you know, a game on the road or a game in Germany, a game in London. And then you go uh, to your bye week that, like, we all understand you couple those together and you give the guy a couple extra weeks. I just, I don't know. Is this the, I'm asking this because, you know, we've talked a lot about this and then we reacted first at about nine o'clock yesterday to all of this. Us talking more about surgery today. Is that us because we haven't talked much about that? Or is that KB, is that a fear that is actually out there? Does that make sense? Like, is it something that's on the table that we need to have the conversation that we that he gets surgery and we don't see him again? Or is it just the next subject matter that we talk about because we can only say so many times how much it stinks that he's not playing? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think it's on the table for the Colts. So if it's on the table for the Colts, we would be you know, naive not to at least acknowledge that as a possibility. And to your point you just made earlier, this is a, an injury that doesn't always lead to surgery. Probably more often than not, it doesn't lead to surgery. So the fact that that's being debated, and Will said in there, Keith Meister, by the way, uh, just to provide some context on him, he is the Rangers team physician. It sounds like he's kind of the guru, if you will. With, he's the James Andrews you know, shoulder of type of stuff. Right. Obviously, baseball-centric injuries would be pretty abundant in that area. For what it's worth, he does have history in the Gainesville, Florida, air, Florida area. Actually, was the uh, team physician. You got to go back to more like Spurrier days down there at Florida. But I bring that up because obviously Richardson hails from Gainesville, went to high school there. You know, of course, went to Florida. So you would think there would be some degrees of separation that would comfort Anthony Richardson and his team. I I do think this is a conversation we had with Stephen Holder yesterday, Andy, and I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I don't think you eliminate the Anthony Richardson ability to run. I don't think you eliminate the design runs. Go back and watch the Zach Moss touchdown run from Sunday. The threat of Anthony Richardson makes that play six yards and turns it into 56 yards. Obviously, great blocking helps as well. But if you watch Kevin Byer, their safety, you watch their corner, Sean Murphy bunting on that play, they both freeze. They both get to that wide gap, if you will, thinking hey, I've watched Richardson take it off the right side and create some big runs in his NFL career. He might do it right here. So that play is such an indication of the weapon Anthony Richardson is as a runner. My question becomes this. Stephen Holder said to us yesterday, Andy, he's had 16 designed runs in about 170 snaps. So that breaks down to like one every 10, Mm -hmm. one every 11 snaps in a game. Let's say he's got eight designed runs per game. What if we take that number eight, and what if all of a sudden that number becomes four design runs per game? The defense still has to know that that is a possibility, so they can never truly say, oh, wait, that's Gardner Minshew or Matt Ryan at quarterback. I don't need to account for him. I'm going to the Zach Moss gap before I go to the Anthony Richardson gap. So they still, I think, would have to have the respect that you saw on that Moss touchdown. But here, as I try to do some math, if eight design runs becomes four, now all of a sudden, let's, you know, do the math there. Okay, 17 games in a season, 
four design runs. I didn't know there'd be math. Isn't that what everyone says? I didn't know there would be math. Whenever there's yeah. math and they stunk at math. That was great. Did you stink at math? I actually liked math. It was kind of the other subject. You're a that, sick human being. That, that I wasn't too too great at. So <laughs> sick human. if you do this math here, okay, 17 times four, 17 games, you're eliminating four design runs. That means you're eliminating 68 design runs over the course of a season. Let's say he gets hit on three-fourths of those runs. You know, obviously he's going to go out of bounds on some sure. of them. He's or he's going to lay down. He's going to slide. On right. some of them, you know, whatever. He dives, et cetera, et cetera. If you're taking 50 hits off his body in a season, and, and again, I still don't think you're totally eliminating a great weapon he brings to the table. You obviously are lessening it a bit. But all of a sudden, if you're taking 50 hits off his body, but yet still – in certain situations, he can do it. He will do it. The defense has to sit there on a Tuesday night and say, guys, how are we going to account for him? We, 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 you know it's going to show up, and on a critical third down, if that shows up and we're not ready for it, that dude it could be the difference in the game. That is a question that I think I have for the Colts, and it's something I would like to see implemented of, okay, you don't want to totally take – one of his greatest attributes away. That To me, I am staunch in that. You draft the number four, four overall for a reason. But how do you protect him better? You can't protect him totally. So I think if you can cut those design runs in half, at the end of the year, the general wear and tear that's there, Andy, that's lessened by about 50 hits. You're not blaming Shane Steichen, but do you think they feel what you're saying right now? Because I, I'm not I sold this, that they do. I. It's a great question. Let's go back to the Rams game. The Rams game was Richardson's first game back post-concussion. First eight plays of the game, <laughs> three, runs, three design three runs. Three runs, right. So clearly Shane Steichen said, screw that. <laughs> you know, Screw any sort of big change. Now, what did we see in the Rams game and I think even uh, in the Titans game on Sunday? I think you saw a few more business decisions out of Richardson, which I like. Like, I'm not uh, – call him soft, whatever. Uh, that's smart. That's not soft to me. That's smart. I think this injury, though, Andy – has now caused a little bit more of a look in the mirror. I, I think this is the one. I agree with because you. Because it's the absence is going to be a month plus. Because it's the right shoulder. Of the four injuries he suffered, Andy, three of the four have been on design runs. I think if you gave Shane Steichen true serum behind the scenes, he would say, okay, we might need to do something here. Whereas after the concussion, I don't think he thought that. Uh Boy, I tell you what, I want to get to Ian Rappaport here in just a second. I am, I'm hearing you. You're making a, you're making a logical, what Kevin Bowen just did is you made a logical, um, you put the numbers together. You said, hey, can we try this giving that you showed your homework? That's what you did, Kevin. Hey, hey, if, if we lessen it by this much, you still get Limit, the effect. not eliminate. Yeah, not eliminate. If you, if we lessen it, uh, you're still linebackers, safeties, corners. A defense still has to worry about Anthony Richardson. To me, I'm feeling a yeah, I, but well, coming I, out. I of just you. what what's killing me is I just don't know how much you can legislate him being hit on a football field. It goes, you know, what it kind of goes back to the NFL has tried so very hard with different helmets and the way you can hit a quarterback and hitting a defenseless receiver and penalties for a chop block. You can't hit a guy high. You can't hit him low at the same time. And every week, 
so many damn good players are injured, right? And you like you can only legislate so much. And so that is how I think, and here's where I think you're exactly right. That's how football people think. Go back to the concussion discussion. Remember when AR got that concussion against Houston? What did what was the conversation around Sykin? He was basically like, hey, when he's ready to play, we're going to play this guy, right? It wasn't, well, we're gonna sit him another week. It was like, no, nah, this is football. You get, you know, and in concussions are an absolute big deal, but we're going to play you when you get healthy. Uh, To me, even if you lessen, the question would be, are you lessening the actual effectiveness of Anthony Richardson? And I don't know. That is a football question. We yeah. haven't seen that data I play out. I don't think out. you can appease we, every we, party. No, you, you can't. No, this is, this is one of those things where it, it is unfortunate that a that a football player is injured in a collision sport and trying to and uh, trying to legislate those collisions you can try Steichen can try the NFL can try but to a certain extent what do you do and Sunday was just one of those innocuous tackles that happens and I know it's a linebacker but it's also a player and you mentioned this and you're right he is outweighed, has Anthony Richardson, every player that's hit him that has knocked him out of a game. Yeah, four Landry, hits. MJ Stewart. Yeah, the, the the four weights of the guys that have hit Anthony Richardson that have led to the four different injuries. You have a 200-pound safety, a 209-pound safety, a 215-pound linebacker, and then Harold Landry on Sunday, who is you know 250. And Richardson you know, said, said to me at training camp, I'm 6'4", 255. So if you go off that frame... 40 pounds Do, do, do you feel like you're less. closing part of the playbook? Well, I, I guess, sure. You, you yeah, know, and you like, are, uh, that's where I'm you struggling are closing here. closing some pages, but I don't think you're totally eliminating it. But again... You're it, right. It, I mean, you're right on that. Andy, if that means that the the two to three game injury that happens during a season, if that gets thrown out, you'll happily close a page of the playbook if that means you get the guy for two extra games in a season. Right. Uh, that that's what I'm trying to get. Again, I don't think it's a perfect rationale that I just said. I'm just trying to think of some options here. I think you have to do something. I think you'd be naive if you said, "No, we're gonna do the same song and dance." This one from West that I want to get to. I know Brandon has been hanging on the line. We got a couple guests coming up. He had a Jonathan Taylor question, so I want to make sure we get to Brandon. But this would be a good one for you. West asks, "Okay, what has Baltimore done differently? What is the difference between Richardson and Lamar Jackson? What has allowed Jackson to remain healthy?" Okay, so Lamar, yeah, but Lamar Jackson, okay, he hasn't been healthy, but he's been. Healthy, I mean, right? He was healthy at Louisville. Oh, he was super healthy. No, he wasn't missing games. And then early on, he wasn't missing games in his career. And now the last two years, towards the end of the year. I mean, he got injured last, what, two years ago. He's missed basically the last it, two Decembers, it, 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 it was, if you look It was at in it. the pocket. I mean, it was a play where he got hit in the pocket. I mean, I think they have said to Lamar Jackson, no, you're going to throw you're gonna throw the ball more. But Baltimore's offense is not as good with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball and him not running the football. It just I mean, seems it's not. like Lamar does not take many direct hits okay so Lamar even in college Lamar is is Lamar shifty yeah okay Rick Vittori calls him an eel which I think is a great description (laughs) that is great that's a great football man discussion like he's shifty to where he jukes guys right that's the reason he got the Michael Vick comparison Anthony Richardson while he can do that is more like, what, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. These guys are battering Rams, right? And going back to lessening, you know, when you do that little read option, the key word there is option, right? 
And, and so, like, well, how does that change that play if teams say, okay, you know, it's 50-50. If he puts it in the belly of Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor, we truly don't know where he's going to go. And then you start to alter things. It's like, okay, 80% of the time. Yeah, but it's if, not going to be if Anthony you still Richardson. still have that threat, though. I, I know. I'm just trying to poke holes in what uh, you're saying. Fair. Can I get to this Ian Rappaport sound? Yeah. He was on yesterday. We'll make sure that we sneak Brandon in before because we got a couple guests. All right, we'll get Brandon here in a second. Here's Ian Rappaport yesterday talking with JMV about surgery to Anthony Richardson. I think if there was going to be surgery, you'd probably have it already, you know, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Because if there's going to be surgery, you'd want it as soon as possible. On the other hand, you know, it might be a situation where you see how well it can heal with rehab, and if it doesn't, then surgery, which would probably end the season. I think that's, you know, that's probably where it would be. So if there's surgery, it's probably bad news. Um, but, you know, again, I think the hope is just rehab and, and then he's okay. Um, but, you know, these are, again, these are pretty serious injuries, and when you, you know, say a grade three sprain, that includes some tearing, and that's just kind of the way the injury is, unfortunately. So um, how quickly can he rehab? I think that all depends on, you know, what happens the next couple of weeks. So that's probably the next thing to check. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. You know, when do you officially rule out surgery? That right, would be the next right. question for the Colts. In you this give them four, four week five, six weeks, time and then table. we see where we are, right? Isn't that isn't that basically where the Colts are going to be at? I, I would assume, but again, uh, hand raised, fully uneducated medical opinion. Uh, from yours truly. Uh, all right, Brandon, I think we want to talk a little Jonathan Taylor contract. Good morning, Brandon. How are you? Hey, good morning. Um, so I actually don't really have a question about Jonathan Taylor. Um, so we've got the dead cap money from Matt Ryan, which is $18 million, and we couldn't get off of Mo Ali Cox's contract of a little over five uh, because he has a $4.8 million cap hit this year. But next offseason, we can get rid of him completely. That frees up 23. We've got Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, Michael Pittman Jr., all free agents. I believe Grover Stewart, we either give him the transition tag, not Michael Pittman, um, because the transition tag for Grover is 16, or we give him basically the exact same contract as Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I do think Grover is the most important player that we keep out of those ones. Uh, but I am kind of curious, what do you think Michael Pittman Jr.'s uh, average annual value would be, and how many years do you think that uh, he deserves? Brandon knows his stuff. I mean, I mean, he's talking about crunching numbers. He sounds like a young Grigskin. (laughs) Brandon, Chris Ballard needs to get you. I mean, God, get that guy's number. Get it over to the Colts in the building there. I do think Grover Stewart is very, very valuable. I would argue Michael Pittman, uh, given the position he plays, is a little bit more valuable. He's going to want like thirty mil a year. You know. what did we say yesterday? The franchise tag for Pittman was 22.9. Yeah, he's going to want more than that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you are looking right <laughs> around that annual value. And I know that scares the hell out of people. Yeah. I mean, that absolutely scares the hell out of me. Scares the hell out of people. I, I think we overreact at times to, the, to annual values and cap space. Now, when the Colts are as frugal as they are, I understand why some people, you know, bring that up. Uh, would Grover really command the exact contract of Taylor? I'm trying to think that. Three for 42. I don't know. That seems pretty healthy. And, you, need and to, I, you need to ask Brandon, and we need to keep him like, on the phone. Ask him. I like don't ask Grover me. a lot. But, yeah, I mean, I think a Pittman annual value is going to be well north of 20, and that's the debate. Now, look at the other wideouts, Andy. Uh, what, T. Higgins, uh, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans. I yeah. think that's kind of the main wide receiver group. Now, obviously, Evans's age is much different than the others. Um, and then you'd have the question of just, okay, who gets the franchise tag? Who does? And we, we mentioned yesterday, wideouts have not really gotten the franchise tag recently. 
Um, as Chris Godwin was one of the only examples. Yeah, like McLaren's making 23, Debo 23, 8, DK Metcalf 24. I mean, he probably wants to be paid like that. But again, the cap continues to rise, so those numbers, I think, just naturally look a little bit different. The Colts should have a lot of cap space next season. I I, I don't know the official number on that, but they are expected to have a good amount of cap space. So now the question becomes, you know, how do you obviously allocate that? I think there is a way to keep a Pittman, to keep a Grover, to keep a Kenny Moore if you want to go down those paths. There is probably a little bit of, and this is probably more Grover and Kenny Moore related, Andy. You're reaching an age where you're probably going to have to sit there and make a hard decision without the ready-made replacement on the roster. And, and really, you got no ready-made ready-made replacement for any of those three. Alec Pierce, ready-made for Michael Pittman? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, who's your defensive tackle for Grover? Who's your nickel corner for right. Kenny? Stewart's going to be you 30 next year. Ha- again, though, and, and what's Kenny? Kenny's got to be close to 30. He probably isn't maybe that old just yet. But I think those discussions, you have to start to have them. So It'll be 29 next year when the season starts. And, and Pittman just a little bit younger than, than those guys. So um, this is part of the juggling that you're going to have to have as you are starting to pay even more guys more money and eventually – you're going to pay a left tackle on Bernard Ryman, obviously Richardson down the road, maybe Quiddy Pay, et cetera, et cetera. Good one there from Brandon. All right, on the other side, Jacksonville's side of it, they are fresh. Oh, I don't know fresh is the right word. Two weeks in London. How will they react to that? Uh, we'll chat with Mike DeRocco on the other side. A lot of things have changed since week one with this matchup. Uh, we'll do that on the other side. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging on the drive. Hubler.com Studios, as always, we appreciate you waking up with us and making us a part of your morning. Jake coming up at noon. Now, he's going on a big swanky vacation here at some point, oh, isn't I forgot. he? Yeah, he's going like, to he's, Europe. He's going he? to Europe at some point here. I was talking to him in the press box about that on Sunday, so that would be a lot of fun. JMV coming your way at 3 o'clock. Reminder, take us anywhere, 1075thefan.com. You can find us online, podcast streaming. Uh, KB's got a bunch of stories. I have my weekly power rankings up there as well. Check out the app. Download it right now. It's absolutely free, and you can take us uh, anywhere you may be. I think the promo says from Indiana to Indonesia, so there you go. Quick reminder, Colts and Jags, all that pregame coverage beginning Sunday at 10 a.m. All right, let's head out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mike Duraco joins us. He follows the Jacksonville Jaguars for ESPN.com. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, looking at your Twitter, it looks like you made the trip across the pond did you stay the entire two weeks how was it um i did not stay the entire two weeks i stayed through uh wednesday after the first game um and then the bills rider came over and took uh took over i don't think uh, espn wanted to fund a full <laughs> 10 day vacation for mike Barocco in uh in london there understandable uh, so, yeah but yeah. Uh, it was an enjoyable trip it's a long trip but it's it was enjoyable you're eating beans out of a can i'm looking at your twitter right now is that beans yeah. out of a can is that what is that what they gave in the press box what the hell 
Uh, all day breakfast. It's uh, yeah, I do a local radio show down here every Thursday from ten to noon, and we have a fantasy football element. And the loser each week has to buy everyone else breakfast. So I joke nice. about pulling this breakfast, and then one of the Jags fans over there um, was like, "Oh, you know, we have it in a can," and and um, yeah, so he gave me four cans when I went over there. That was one thing I didn't expect I was going to have to, you know, put in my luggage on the way back, <laughs> and. Um, we taste tested it last week. It was um, not. It was not as bad as I thought it would be, but it yeah. was not that, something that I probably. That, that's a ringing what, endorsement. That's, a, that's what I was yeah. going to say. What an endorsement! It wasn't quite as bad as I thought right. it was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Mike, let's jump into it. Obviously, here we're dealing with the news of Anthony Richardson, the injury on Sunday, going on IR yesterday. We can dive into that here in a second. This is just me personally, you know, going into that Bills game. I was really underwhelmed by Jacksonville. Now, there's nothing wrong with losing to the Chiefs, but Jacksonville didn't score a touchdown and then basically manhandled by the Texans, really not in that game. Uh, And so beating Atlanta, you know, going to London was a good thing. And then the big win uh, over the Bills, uh, I I don't know. How have you felt uh, the Jaguars have played this season? And, you know, that, that Buffalo win to me was a big one. Was that more about Buffalo, you know, making the trip over? Maybe Jacksonville being kind of, you know, there in London? What did you make of that Buffalo win? To me, that was a statement game. I didn't think they, you know, early season kind of had that in them. Yeah, you know, you said underwhelming, I think, a little bit ago. And, and that's really the way I was looking at this team. We we just sort of expected that offense to kick in in high gear. And, and, and maybe, not, you know, certainly not pick up where it left off last year because you really can't do that after a long break. But certainly – look better than nine points at home against the the Chiefs and and getting just absolutely handled by the Texans. Um, You know, the the offense had just sort of shot itself in the foot pretty much all season, and and the offensive line has not played well at all. Um, That's been probably the biggest issue. But they just didn't make plays, and they had opportunities, and they just fumbled around and penalties and drop passes, and and it was just sort of a mess. And they get to London, and it was a little better against the – the Falcons, and then the Bills, that's the best that offense has looked um, all year. It looked a lot like we saw towards the end of last season. And, uh, you know, I know Bills players talked about, you know, we were jet-lagged or whatever, but here's the thing. You know, the Jags were over there all week. Well, there's no rule that says the Bills can't go over there all week. The league sort of funds or defrays the cost if you go Thursday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so the league helps the teams with that cost. So, um, you know, if the Bills wanted to, I think the Ravens this week went over on Tuesday, um, you know, for their game against the Titans. So, um, you know, I'll say this. Every time that the Jags have won a game in London, I hear the same complaints. Mm-hmm. I hear the complaints about, yeah, we were jet lagged and they're used to this trip. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but that was a statement win. And, you know, the whole thing about this team is if you're going to be – one of the better teams in the AFC. If you're really going to challenge, then you got to beat the best teams in the AFC. And they're they didn't beat the Chiefs. They beat the uh, you know the Bills pretty pretty handily. That game was pretty much you know they handled it for the most part. I mean they, the Bills scored late and kind of made it a little closer than it probably really was. But you got to beat those teams. And you know now they've got games coming up against San Francisco. They've got games coming up against Cincinnati. Um, Baltimore on a Sunday night football game here. So you're, you're getting a chance, if you're the Jags, to win a, against teams that are going to contend in the AFC. And, and certainly with the, with the 49ers, a, a team that you know, could contend for a Super Bowl. 
Kenny's Mike DeRocco here, joins us um, from ESPN.com, covers the Jags. You've certainly heard him on our airwaves. Always enjoy the conversation with Mike. I do have one more London-related question, Mike. Again, two weeks in London, now they're back. I, I think there is a question, or at least Colts fans are thinking, hey, you know, could they be a little jet lag? Could you, you know, are you maybe not getting 100% Jacksonville team? But the question that I have is, Jacksonville elected to play after the bye. I remember the Colts did that in 2016. They wanted to play after, uh, excuse me, after the London game. Basically, you can elect to play or have the bye week. Um, so Jacksonville wanted to play. They, they don't pick their opponent, though. I, I feel like that's like going around Colts circles. Uh, that is correct, right? They don't get to pick who they play. They get to pick whether they have the bye or they play, right? Yeah, and they, get, they ask for a home game. Um, so, yeah, but they don't get a chance to pick the – the the opponent but i mean if you're looking for an opponent to play after that and you're worried about that london hangover you want a divisional opponent sure. because you're at least a lot more familiar with those guys especially this team that you played you know four weeks ago yeah and not to mention a team that hasn't won there since 2014 <laughs> on top of that um gardner Minshew, i i, I Obviously, he had quite the you know career there, if you want to call it a career, quite the couple of years there in Jacksonville, certainly thrown in the fire early on after the Nick Foles injury, and then Urban Meyer happened, and all of a sudden, Gardner Minshew's in Philadelphia. Walk us through maybe why things didn't continue for Gardner Minshew there in Jacksonville, because by all accounts, he's certainly a very high-end backup and would probably start for a handful of teams in the league. Yeah, you know, 2020 was sort of, you know, they were giving him 2020 to kind of prove that he could be the guy. And um, what ended up happening with him is that, um, you know, they wouldn't, he wouldn't go down the field. They were frustrated with him because he, he was not a guy that he doesn't want to turn the ball over. He's a very smart guy. He understands offenses. Um, you know, he's not going to put his team in really bad situations, which is exactly what you want in a, in a backup. But, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm. And, you know, they were frustrated with him that he wouldn't go down the field more, that they wouldn't stretch the field uh, when he was playing. So, you know, that season, you know, they beat uh, where they beat the, the Colts to open the season. Right. Uh, in uh, 2020. Philip Rivers and the Colts. Yeah. And then that was the last time they won a game <laughs> that year. So, you know, when, when you get, you know, they ended up benching him because he had a thumb injury that he didn't tell him about. And, you know, then they tried Mike Glennon and Jake Luton. Oh, and oh. Yeah, it, it was just, it was a mess at that point. And, and then when you, you end up with that number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is coming out, I mean, there's, that's a no brainer. You take that. And, you know, I thought, you know, Minshew was going to stick around as the backup. And uh, I thought that would be a good, you know, a good role for him. And, you know, they, they signed C.J. Beathard in the offseason, and I was like, uh-oh, veteran backup. Uh, I don't think it's going to work for the mustache here. And, uh, you know, then Urban Meyer did the dumbest thing I've seen out of a head coach uh, until he went to Cincinnati anyway, um, and uh, or the bar in Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, hey, it's, we're going to have an open competition between Minshew and, and Trevor Lawrence. And it's yeah. like, no, you're not. No, like, you're what not. are we doing here? I mean, so – um, but you know, now he gets his chance. He's going to start for what, at least four weeks. Right. So, yep. you know, good for him. I always liked the kid. He was a fun kid to cover. The mania in 19 was fantastic. I mean, heck ESPN brought uncle Rico down here in the <laughs> van down here to Jacksonville. I mean, I got a photo with me and uncle Rico over there. So, I mean, like, I can't complain about that. I mean, no. got a lot of page views too, you know, when he was, you know, going crazy there. So, 
Um, you know, I like the kid a lot, funny kid, and, uh, you know, I wish him well. He's a good guy. When you analyze this game, and Mike Duraco talking Jacksonville Jaguar football, ESPN.com, he's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, just, I mean, I don't know how much the team has said, but just analyzing this game, you, you know, you know Anthony Richardson's not going to be in this game. It's not you're getting ready for Richardson. He gets injured in the second quarter, and in comes Minshew in relief. You know it's Minshew who is going to be the starter. What have players said about that? And and I don't know. Here, Mike, we're kind of wondering. I'm wondering, now that teams know it's going to be Minshew, how that changes how they view him other than him just coming in relief, I guess. Yeah, you know – they know that he's going to be an efficient quarterback and he's probably going to not throw a pick, um, you know, unless it's desperation time. And they know that he's going to be, you know, it'll be like a 25 of 31 kind of day. You know what I mean? He does complete a lot of passes. Um, you know, the thing is, is without Richardson, um, I, I think they're a, a, a more efficient team with Minshew, but they're a much more explosive and dangerous team with Richardson because he's got that cannon and he can get outside the pocket and kill you with his legs. And just when you think you've got him corralled, he can flick it 45 yards. Um, you know, a lot like Mahomes. He scares the hell out of you when he's running around out there. You're just like, Oh my gosh, we got to stay with our guys. And if you miss one tackle, it's, you know, he's, he's free. So, um, you know, I think the, the, the game plan on Minshew uh, getting pressure up the middle um, to kind of make him uncomfortable, make him leave the pocket uh, you know, the Jags pass rush has sort of been spotty, hit and miss. Um, you know, they had no sacks against the Texans, uh, despite the fact that C.J. Stroud was the most sacked quarterback. How does that happen? At that time. How, how does that and happen with the draft picks, Mike? I, I mean, I, yeah. just, I just, I just, Trayvon Walker's not, he's not an elite pass rusher. He's not. Wow. He's just not going to be that guy. Um, it's never a good idea when you're drafting someone in the first round and moving them to a new position. That just never seems to work. And this franchise has done it multiple times, and it's never worked each time. Um, But, you know, Josh Allen is having a really good year, and Trayvon Walker is a really good, solid football player, really good against the run, and he does get pressures, but he just doesn't finish. And, you know, that's been Josh Allen's M.O. too the last three or four years, but he's starting to finish more. So, And it's a contract year for Josh Allen. But, you know – Devon Hamilton not having him inside because of an infection in his back is, is really hurting them in terms of interior pass rush. He was really he was their best defensive lineman in camp, really came on the second half of last year. Uh, they're not going to have him. They do get Dwan Smoot back this week. It's likely he's going to play, you know, but he's coming off an Achilles. Um, you know, he can rush from the inside a little bit. So I think, you know, the game plan will be get some pressure and you know, in the middle of the line against Gardner Mishu, try and force him into a mistake here and there. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the Jags know that this game, you know, they have to be patient on defense and not take too many chances because Minshew will be an efficient guy with the ball. Mike, last one, and thanks for the time here on this Thursday morning. Obviously, as a Gainesville native and one that went to college right there, you certainly saw probably a lot of Anthony Richardson. I'm curious how much of the conversation when he was coming up or even playing at Florida – was an injury question. I mean, he didn't really get hurt in his one year uh, starting for the Gators, but just given his playing style, uh, I guess, was that ever a discussion exiting high school, entering college, now in the NFL? 
Well, I mean, he did get banged up at, at Florida that last year, as his, or his only year as a starter. Um, you know, left one game and then was sort of had one of those nagging leg injuries kind of deal that, you know, he was never completely healthy. Um, you know, and that was the big concern. I mean, this is a big Gator town, and um, they were not real thrilled with Anthony Richardson um, and that Gator offense as a whole. But, uh, you know, the concern with him was can he be an efficient passer from the pocket? And can he stay healthy? And he's left, what, three of the five games with injuries um, at this point? So, I mean, that's a massive legitimate concern for the Colts at this point because I do think, based on what I've seen when he's been healthy, I think he's got a chance to be pretty darn good. Uh, he's got the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. And, if and, and you know, Shane Steichen is very well respected down here. Doug Peterson talked about him the other day in very positive terms. So, you know, I think he's got a real good chance, you know, with some time and, you know, a little bit of patience to become a really good NFL quarterback. But that doesn't happen if you're not on the field. Um, and, and that's been sort of the knock on him, I guess, the whole draft process, uh, other than, you know, can he be a, a, an NFL passer? And I think we're seeing it right now. Now, that doesn't mean he can't overcome that and, and he can't all of a sudden when he gets back become the guy that does stay healthy. But y- you have to worry. It'll be a big one on Sunday. Colts and Jags, a place Indianapolis has not won since 2014. Mike, always enjoy our conversations. Uh, glad London treated you well. The Beans treated you okay. And uh, we will see you Sunday. I didn't say the Beans treated me okay. Oh, okay. I said London was great. I didn't say the Beans treated me okay. Apologies there for the, uh, for the misinterpretation. Thank you for the time, Mike. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, guys. That's Mike DiRocco right there on the Payless Slickers Hotline. And Andy, if I could for just a second, yeah, focus go ahead. on the importance of Sunday. Um, we know the Colts obviously lost the opener to Jacksonville. So if you win on Sunday, you would split the head-to-head for this season. And I know it's very early to think about this stuff, but I think anytime you play a divisional game and you're playing the team in the division that everyone views the favorite, um, I think it matters. You split the head-to-head. The second tiebreaker then becomes divisional record. Well, we know Jacksonville's already lost to Houston. Mm -hmm. So if you beat them on Sunday, that would mean two division losses. You're at least 500 in the South. For Jacksonville. The Colts will have moved to 3-1 and in the division this season. And the Colts just have two division games left. A trip to Tennessee coming up in December. And then that final game of the year, Houston inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. So if you are able to win on Sunday... Basically, if you win in Tennessee in two months, you control things in terms of having the tiebreaker over Jacksonville. So I don't know if that will matter, but I think that kind of adds to for a week six game, this is about as big as you're going to get. I think later in the year, you get those like analytics sites that come out with the if this team wins, they improve their playoff position mm-hmm. by 12%. If they lose, it drops by 15%. I would venture to guess for week six, this is one of the more impactful games, more division-related than anything with this one. So, obviously, if Jacksonville beats you, they have the head-to-head tiebreaker no matter what because they have swept the season series. So, a big one, big one, big one on Sunday. Well, I mean, plus, Jacksonville just hasn't been good. And, I mean, they have been just kind of whatever, and then they beat Buffalo, and for whatever reason, we can, you know, Mike talked about it, you can make, Buffalo can make the excuses, and they have injuries, the surface of the field, the you know, the jet lag, getting over there to London and making that trip, and Jacksonville's used to it, and they've been there, and they're in a routine uh, and everything else, but uh, that was kind of like one of those swing games. That was, a, that was a big win. I would imagine if I'm a Jacksonville fan, 
I'm thinking, let's back up that big win. Let's come home poolside to Jacksonville, and let's beat the Colts, and let's get on track here and winning the AFC South. Since we're talking about Jacksonville, just quickly, I do this. You know, you have a little, little, little drink at night, a little bourbon at night. I try to get the mind going, and I always just chase numbers to see if there's anything there. And I Numbers and, post-bourbon? Well, here's the thing. I don't know if there's anything there. I went with the ESPN predictor, and again, that changes because if the Colts go in and win 49 nothing in Jacksonville, or vice versa, that's going to change the way the team is viewed in week 7, 8, 9, 10. So I just went through the remaining schedule. Jacksonville is going to be, now this is by the predictor on ESPN. It's not DraftKings, it's not FanDuel, it's not Vegas, but I mean, I still think it tells you they'll be favored. Jacksonville will be favored percentage-wise in 12 of the next 14 games including they have a 65% chance to beat the Colts on Sunday. The only games they're not favored is when they host uh, San Francisco in four weeks and near the end of the year, probably late November, December, they host Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Those are the two. So 12 of 14. I'm just looking at the AFC South. The Texans are going to have a better percentage, you know, more than 50% chance to win per ESPN in five of the 14 games, the Texans five or the Titans five of the next 14 games. And right now the Colts are just four out of the next 14 games. So uh, I don't know what that shows other than Jacksonville. When you look at predicting services is still seen as the class of the AFC South. And and I think they do deserve that notion. I, I was looking at schedule strength the rest of the way. Um, I saw the Colts have the third easiest schedule. I think our listeners will have known a, a huge reason why I thought the Colts would win, you know, more games than most of the seasons because I think the schedule is a joke. Uh, Jacksonville has, I believe, it's the sixth hardest the rest of the way. You just mentioned San Francisco, and you know that should be expected. San Francisco or Jacksonville won the division last year, so you're going to be playing more first place type teams uh, when you have those crossover games. So a little bit more of a difficult schedule the rest of the way, certainly for Jacksonville. But I think than, that matters than Indianapolis. because Jacksonville looks at this. They have at, I mean, the Saints could make the playoffs. They're in New Orleans. They're at Pittsburgh. And then they have the Niners and Titans at home. I mean, the Niners are going to roll in and do what? Yeah. And, and they've obviously <laughs> right? already played the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. I mean, still on that schedule at Tampa Bay. Baltimore's on the schedule. He mentioned Mike Duraco. He mentioned uh, the Bengals. The Bengals, I think, still win their division. You end at Tennessee, which is always that, you know, rival, that division game that the NFL does. And that game's probably going to mean a lot. If we know the Titans, they'll be like eight wins. <laughs> they'll be on the still in the hunt. You know, on the left side of the screen. When I look at Sunday, to me, this is the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end collection you face all season. I think it's the best offensive skill. Um I I, I think it's better than Cincinnati's. I, I Cincinnati, to me, has got to show a little bit more than just one game against the Cardinals before I say that. Uh, But even if you want to put Cincinnati above them, to me, I think it it ranks very, very high on the list. But Mike DiRocco just said it to us, Andy. Their offensive line is not good. No, it hasn't been good. They do have a better left tackle, Cam Robinson, than what they had in week one. Cam Robinson was um, was out due to... Suspension the first four games of the year, so that is a bonus, but this kind of goes back to what we talked about in week one. If you wanted to make that game competitive, your defensive line needed to be a playmaking unit, and it was that. Obviously, no bigger play than the DeForest Buckner strip and eventual return for, for a touchdown in that game. That is how you create game pressure moments on Sunday again. 
their skill and their perimeter talent is very, very good. And that's not a matchup you want to get into. It's not a back and forth that you want to get into. But if you're able to control your D-line better than their O-line, that's how you make this a game. Um, I would say the one trend, Andy, that we've seen in the continued losses in Jacksonville is just simply turnovers. And I don't know, that probably sounds super cliche, but I think the number is in the eight straight losses you have against the Jags away from home, I think seven of the eight you've committed multiple turnovers. And the good news is Gardner Minshew, he hasn't been a turnover-prone guy at all this season, has not thrown a pick, and really in his career, uh, unlike a lot of backups, he's had a very nice touchdown-to-interception ratio, so we'll see if that can continue as he faces his former team. Nothing like the age-old we haven't won in Jacksonville in X amount of years, <laughs> and Gardner Minshew's been the starting quarterback for two of those wins. Well, I know. Does that Life mean comes that full circle. to end the curse, you have to take one of the cursers into Jacksonville? Like I believe doing? so. Is that part of it? On their ending streaks. That's, I mean, is, they that, end is that like a Harry Potter, Harry Potter plot? Do you watch the Harry Potter movies? Do you read the books? No. No? Is that both of them? No to the books, no, no to the movies? Both. Sam Fritz, really? are you a reader or a movie watcher of Potter? Uh, yeah, that's not what I was just adjusting the microphone. I wasn't excited to get in on this Potter talk, but yeah, I mean, I have seen both of the movies. Is that a plot? Both a of the movies. Plot? There's like nine movies. We mean both of the movies. I mean both the movies and read all the okay, books. Okay, gotcha. Uh, plot. What's the plot again? I'm sorry. I got. Well, you know, again, Gardner Mitchell been the starting quarterback for two of these wins when the Colts have not won in Jacksonville for now seven, eight years. So he's a guy that has demoralized you in these matchups. <laughs> Do right. you have to take that? So, that human into battle with you sort of an enemy of my enemy is my friend now that's why we signed him right Uh, yeah i think that's the plot of uh harry potter and the prisoner of the defense or something like that i forget how the The prisoner of the defense the 13th book yet to be i mean come on aren't your aren't your kids gonna get into harry potter at some point i mean you got a couple years don't you but it's gonna happen i kind of feel like you're being cocky with this books were just too daunting Way too daunting for me. <laughs> this should be the name of the show. James Books Boyd joins us in a few. Before we get to James, let's do a morning check down. The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, now speaking of streaks, KB, do you know how many times in a row the Broncos have lost to the Kansas City Chiefs? Because that's your Thursday night game tonight on Amazon. I believe I saw the stat that Peyton Manning was the last <laughs> Broncos quarterback to beat the Chiefs. Is that correct? Uh, Broncos have lost uh, they 15 times in a row. That is absurd. 15 times in a row. Again, the Colts just broke a streak to where they lost to the Titans five times in a row. Ten that's and a, a half point underdog, right? That's a yes. That's a lot of bad coaches, quarterbacks, offensive lines, and everything else to lose fifteen times in a row. And I mean not all those. There's some Alex Smith games thrown in there. That ain't all Pat Mahomes. So that's Thursday night football tonight. Chiefs at four and one. Broncos at one and four. Like KB said, a ten and a half point spring. All right, we have I guess five teams left in Major League Baseball. A couple uh advanced last night to the championship series. Um, Let's begin, I guess, in the AL, and they have been a team that has been, uh, unfortunately, uh, there a whole lot over the years. That would be the Houston Astros. They win last night in Minnesota. It's their seventh straight ALCS, so they're going to take on the Rangers. The Rangers, of course, undefeated so far in the playoffs. They have a long break between those two teams, get things started in Houston. In the NL, the Arizona Diamondbacks late last night, And honestly, the four homers in the third set the tone. That was off of Brownsburg's Lance Lynn 
He's had a great career, but certainly last night, the Diamondbacks got the best with those four solo shots. Took a 4-0 lead. They held on two in the seventh. Not enough for the Dodgers. So that is a sweep of the Dodgers, a sweep of the Orioles. Uh, the other <laughs> NL series that is still alive, it is Atlanta it is Philly. Spencer Strider on the mound tonight. Game four. It's a must win for the Braves. Andy, would you go Phillies to win one or would you go Braves to win both? Uh, you know what? I'll go. Uh, I'll this go, series I'll go, would shift back to yeah, Atlanta. You know what? To hell with Philadelphia. I'll, I'll go with the Braves, although it's not looking good. Boy, MLB needs this one to go the distance, Do the, don't they? I mean, don't they? Please, Philly, Atlanta, save us from a mediocre postseason. This I mean, has been really. An awful postseason. It really so far has. In terms of competitive series, we'll see if Atlanta can do their part tonight. Uh, Colts injury report from yesterday. I think a pretty good one for a Wednesday. Bernard Ryman back. Quiddy Pay back. Shaq Leonard back. Uh, Braden Smith, probably the most notable that did not practice. Only two guys didn't practice. Mo Cox coming off that concussion on Sunday. Braden Smith, it was listed as a foot and a wrist. So not ideal when you have multiple injuries, of course, for your right tackle. So we'll monitor that as the week moves along. And for those that missed it, Anthony Richardson out at least four weeks. Officially placed on injured reserve. About this time yesterday. So, Kellen Mond, Rocky number 12. I think he's the first quarterback to wear 12 since Luck left. Is is that allowed? Is that okay? Kellen you guys Mond protective is kind of, of a, that uh, or what? Uh, I, I'm totally fine with it. Okay, uh, yeah. Kellen Mond seems to be like a kind of a social media darling. Is he? Is that like the SEC A&M fandom? Like, I tweeted a picture <laughs> of him yesterday, and it blew up. You got a lot of hits? You got a lot of clicks on Kellen Mond? What did you tweet out there of Kellen Mond? Just a picture of him. Okay, I had no idea. Speaking of, I know we got to take a break. When I drive home every day, I drive, you know, I'm on you know, New York New York Street, New York Avenue, you know, I'm driving home and everything. I live sure. in Irvington. One way to Irvington, uh, baby. So, so I'm driving, and there's a guy, and I've seen him do this five times. I might have to stop the car. He has his phone set up, like, on the stoop, on the steps, you know, going up to his house, and he's dancing. Oh. And he's doing TikTok dances. It's kind of like a young guy, but I'm like, I need wow. to st- I need to stop, and I need to find out more about this human being. Well, he might ask you to be in one of the dances, uh, well, or he I might mean, ask you to come inside, and we never see you again. <laughs> well, it could, it could be, it's a 50-50 roll of the dice, yeah. KB. Well, yeah. for Mason's sake, for Nikki's sake, for our sake, please don't do that. <laughs> It'd be you and Sam. It'd be you and Sam in here every morning <laughs> talking sports, 7 a.m. Is Andy Sweetie. I'm Kevin Bowen. Sam Fritz in today for the ill Mark Dykton. We appreciate Sam's efforts. As always, on the other side, James Boyd. He's had a couple great pieces here lately. One on Zach Moss, one on Zaire Franklin. want to dive into those two because they have had outstanding seasons this year. We'll do that with James next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Fan. Yeah, appreciate Mike DiRocco joining us last segment. Always uh, fun to talk with him. It was about my second conversation with him. I like him. Mike DiRocco, uh, all that will be up on the Podcast Center. Our thoughts in the first hour on the uh, developing story. Anthony Richardson headed to the IR, now on the IR. We'll see exactly how many weeks he will be out. We know it's Gardner Minshew. We also know Colts and Jags coverage Sunday beginning right here on The Fan at 10 a.m. Well, let's keep it going. James Boyd joins us here on the Payless. Let's Hotline. He is from the Athletic. James, good morning. How are you today, sir? 
I'm doing good. Well, man, we uh, appreciate you having you know joining us here a little early, eight thirty uh, on a Thursday. I told James we had so much Colts news, we need him. <laughs> yeah, we we and need. He luckily, was willing to answer we that. We need call. more opinions on Anthony Richardson and everything else. Uh, well, let's start here before we get to AR. Before we get to the Jacksonville game, I was reading on your timeline on Saturday you were getting a haircut when the Jonathan Taylor news breaks. So, what does a journalist do when he's getting a haircut and massive contract news breaks in the middle of your Saturday? afternoon yeah so i was prepared for jt being activated had that pre-written so i wrote it published it got in the chair i was like oh great saturday's over get to chill and as i'm like getting to the end of my haircut some kid in the barbershop shout out to him he's like jt's got an extension and i you know my phone's buzzing it's buzzing a lot more than usual i'm like ah goodness gracious so (laughs) pull the phone out and i'm like sitting in the chair she finishes up typing up some stuff and trying to get stuff confirmed and um, fortunately I brought my laptop with me, which I always do. So I just, uh, hopped out the chair as soon as she was done and, um, sat down for like an hour to pound out something really quick. And they were all laughing and they were like, man, we knew you were a reporter, but we didn't know, like, we never seen you actually do your job. So very, <laughs> uh, modern day way to do things and, and shout out to my phone for being a hotspot for, for my wifi. <laughs> so you wrote, so you wrote it in the barbershop. You wrote your story for the athletic on the JT contract right there in the barbershop. I love that. I do love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of help from our news desk, but they were asking me, <laughs> Hey, can you break it down? Sure. Some analysis and, it all happened from the barbershop. So, yeah, shout out to the, my shop, you know, on, on, the, on the east side. I like yeah, that. I, I'm, I'm a little ashamed probably some of the places I've brought a laptop to just in case <laughs> over the years. Again, James Boyd with us here from The Athletic. Uh, staying on the JT front for just a second. I, I don't want to hit, hit on it for the you know our entire segment. But if you could give him true serum on any question, James, because clearly he doesn't want to answer anything um, about the contract, about the trade request, et cetera. What would be the one question you'd want True Serum on with uh, Taylor? Would you have played for the Colts again without a contract extension or willingly play for the Colts again without a contract extension? And uh, I think that's the that's the money question. He'll never answer it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's weird with JT. Um, obviously, excited for him to get paid. I'm always, I guess, pro player in that sense. You know, get your money. I'm never going to be like, hey, this billionaire shouldn't pay you. But – it's just weird because, as you know, KB, he's pretending like it never happened. Like he was never unhappy, like he never asked for a trade. And we didn't see him, you know, wear a hoodie and be mad for weeks at a time in the summer. He's just like, oh, no, like I just have to get healthy. And I'm like, no, dude, that did not happen. That's not real. So it is what it is. But it's just funny because I'm like, just because you say these things, I'm not going to write that. That's not true. <laughs> What um, you and I were talking about this. I guess all of us kind of talked about this yesterday in the in the media room. And, and I know Malki Kawa, Taylor's agent, has gone you know dancing on graves here to celebrate this. And honestly, I probably would too. Uh, do you feel like Taylor had like I, I've always thought of Taylor as like choir boy when it comes to meeting the media, but it, it, he really changed his tune. And you know, certainly the agent helped. Do you think he kind of had to go mean in order to get what he eventually got? Absolutely, and I believe that Jim Irsay admitted defeat. He told us, hey, yeah, I ended up paying him sooner than I would have liked, and that was the money quote from his statements on Saturday. So, I mean, everyone can get mad at the the agent and say, oh, he didn't help, he just delayed it. The bottom line is I don't think if JT doesn't make things awkward and make things loud and make things uncomfortable, he doesn't get that same deal, I don't think so, by walking in there and, and going, oh, can I please have more money? No, he was mean. He was, you know, got a little down and dirty with his agent, and it worked out. And now the agent can 
take the victory lap. People can complain all they want to. But the bottom line is he got his client paid without losing any money. I mean, the, the pup list, you can say it's for injury. You can say it for whatever reason. The bottom line is you get paid while you're on the pup list as well. So he didn't lose any money in game, you know, 42, and obviously the 26.5, which is guaranteed. Yeah, he didn't get hit, and he got paid. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that, it worked that, out. That's a pretty win-win. He's, he's pretty good. So, I mean, that also helped. James Boyd with us here. Wake-up call on the fan on this Thursday. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. James, uh, let's move to Anthony Richardson. I know you were there as well, obviously. Lucas Oil on Sunday. He goes down in the second quarter, writhing in pain. Uh, had to be basically helped off the field right to the 10th and right to the locker room. And, you know, I'm sitting there with all the radio gas bags, and we're already saying, you know, it's going to be a month. It's going to be, you know, five weeks. He goes on IR yesterday. The S word, the surgery word, uh, is something obviously it cannot be ruled out just what is your read of the situation how long you think he could be out Uh, I mean this could be season ending and then just the bummer word is how we've described it James that you're just not going to see the maturation and kind of gather all the data that you were hoping to get year one with Anthony Richardson it's really a bummer it is. I felt for him, you know, Sunday, and when he couldn't raise his right shoulder, I was like, oh, man, like that's that's like every, you know, coach's fan's nightmare to see your quarterback with this throwing shoulder kind of slumped. And then, you know, they announced over the, the speaker in the press box, he's questionable to return. And I turned to someone, I was like, there's not a question in anybody's <laughs> mind right now. He's not playing again today at all. Right. Um, and so, I, realistically, I would think that, you know, even if everything, you know, goes as planned and it's, you know, best case scenario for this type of thing. And let's say it is like a, a four week recovery, whatever. I still wouldn't expect to see him um, at the earliest, my personal opinion, um, until after the bye week, you know, after they go to Germany and play the Patriots in week 10, bye week in week 11. And I would say the earliest we see him is week 12 uh, of this season. So we'll see. I know that Shane Steichen was very uh, coy, like he always is. But I, I think with surgery, we won't even know truly unless the team just announces it or, or, or we're able to, you know, do some digging. But I know for a fact, like, you know, Shane Steichen, um, you know, he won't say anything. I doubt that Chris Ballard would say anything. And so it's just a matter of can we do some digging on our end. But I do feel for the kid. He's out there practice yesterday doing some, some mental reps while uh, Kellen Mond took um, some of the QB snaps. And that was kind of heartwarming but also, like, kind of sad because you know how talented he is and how good he's looked when he's out there. But he just hasn't been able to stay out there. Yeah, I mean, seeing him in a sling, I, I, just such a kick in the you-know-what, even just as a human being, watching Richardson have to stand there and go through that. Again, James Boyd is with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. You can find his work at The Athletic. James, I want to get into a couple features that you've written here over the past, you know, recently, and then I guess the Zaire Franklin one a little bit uh, longer ago. But in my opinion, if you were handing out an offensive MVP through the first five games, Zach Moss would get it. If you were handing out a defensive MVP through the first five games, Zaire Franklin would get it. Let's start with Moss, because I think his story is a little bit more unknown. There is part of me that's like, the dude was a third-round pick, so it, it, maybe it's not the most shocking thing in the world that he is doing this, but obviously in Buffalo, he never got any sort of a consistent run here. Um, what have you found out about the Zach Moss story uh, in your reporting on his career and his journey? First of all, he's the most humble guy ever, and I say that about a lot of guys, but you know, he went to Utah and played there, and I'm just thinking, oh, he played at Utah how it was. He's all great. You know, I had a chance to meet Julian Blackman and Matt Gay and had a great, good career. 
And then you go and look it up. He's like the all-time leading rusher there. Like he was the man, you know, he was an all-time great for that university, but just doing some digging and really just um, building a relationship with him. You know, he found out that he's been through so much, you know, grew up in inner city, Miami, um, you know, at one point lived in a hotel with his mom, who, who he thinks is like, you know, his hero. She raised him and his brothers and siblings after um, their parents got divorced. And, and so you, you, you look at him now, you don't realize, like, oh, wow, like you've been through a lot of different things. And it's sort of similar to Anthony where, you know, you, you kind of have to see something before you can achieve it and, and kind of see beyond what's around you. And he was even telling me, yeah, man, like, you know, I had a friend that, you know, came home from college and got shot and killed and, you know, obviously never went back. And he said, but every, he said, but when I was growing up, that was normal. That was normal for me. That was what, you know, what was an everyday occurrence for me, uh, unfortunately. So he was saying he didn't even know, like, that things like that aren't normal. So he went to Utah. And he said he was glad for it because um, his hometown isn't necessarily a place you get homesick from. So we had a lot of talks about that. And obviously um, things kind of panning out when he got to Indianapolis. And he, I asked him, I said, hey, man, do you ever, did you ever lose, like, any confidence? Like, no. I just wanted a chance. We said I knew, regardless of who the coach is, Indiana, they run the football. You know, Indianapolis, they run the football. So um, they have, and he's proven to be a lot better than I think anybody expected him to be outside of himself. And um, obviously he could be a really good one-two punch with JT. But personally, I think it's just for this season. He's outplayed himself as far as his contract and any future here. They're not going to pay two running backs, in my opinion. So he's going to get paid, I believe, somewhere else after this year. And then on the Franklin front, to me, he mixes, you know, two kind of dynamics in an athlete that's really hard to find. And that is a really humble worker, but an extremely confident leader. Like, that's how I describe Franklin. I mean, he's got first round pick swagger, seventh round pick work ethic, if that makes sense. Um, How would you kind of describe Franklin in getting to know him and his story a little bit more lately? As real as it gets, he's the first guy, um, and I'll always think of this type of stuff going forward in my career, the first guy in the NFL who gave me a chance to tell their story um, in, in totality and trusted me enough to do it. And so um, learning about how he was raised, you know, um, by his you know, grandmother and mother, how tough they were on him and forcing him to kind of see beyond his environment. Um, you know, there was this time where his grandma, I believe, asked him what he wanted to be, and he told her, hey, I want to be a teacher. And she wasn't, like, disappointed, but she also was, like, kind of confused. Like, why do you want to be a teacher? He's like, well, he said, at the time, that was the only consistent, like, check that I saw. You know, only consistent job or profession where I was like, oh, maybe I can be a teacher and I can coach and have some fun. And she's like, no, you can be, you know, whatever you want to be. Uh, no disrespect to teaching. She was like, but if you don't have to do this, you have to know what you want to do. And so she kind of opened it up for him. Like, maybe you can take football and not just be a coach, but go be, you know, a really good player or go chase your dream. And so – um, his mom and grandma passed away 77 days apart when he was in high school. Um, you know, his aunt moved in and took care of him. And he, those three, like, matriarchs in his family kind of helped him get to where he is now. But he told me his confidence and his leadership all come from the women in his life that raised him um, to the point where he is now, where, you know, everything he says, everyone listens to it because he's not just saying stuff that he hasn't backed up. I mean, he was a seventh-round pick, sort of a nobody to begin with, and now he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So, an incredible story. I encourage you to check both those out in The Athletic. Not to plug myself, but seriously to, like, kind of read something that, that gives you some inspiration and some happiness because those guys have been through so much. And to see them living their dream and having success, I mean, from a human standpoint, you can't help but be happy for them. James Boyd with us. Yeah, two great stories. Again, find his stuff uh, on The Athletic there. Last one for me. 
What's your read on this game in Jacksonville? And what is your read on this team moving forward, knowing that Minshew is the quarterback? Not coming in in relief, but he's going to be the starter now moving forward for the next month, month and a half or so. Yeah, I think obviously it gives the Colts a better chance to build their offense because you know what you're going to get week to week now. However, I do think there's limitations without having, you know, Anthony's big playability, the running, the big arm. Um, Gardner has been efficient, and he's been accurate, good decision maker, all those things. But there are limitations to his game. And one example of that is when the Zach Moss broke that huge run last week, um, it looks like, just oh, Zach Moss got free. The reason why he was so free, and, and even he and uh, Quentin Nelson talked about this in one of the videos the Colts posted, it's because the defense had to account for the threat of Anthony Richardson running. So a couple of defenders bounced to the outside and left a huge hole in the middle of the field because they were so scared that Anthony would run for, you know, a first down or a big game. That's not the case with Gardner Minshew. So um, I think that he'll be fine down there in Jacksonville. Obviously familiar with them. But I'm picking, you know, the Colts to, to drop this one 27-20 just because I think that, um, you know, the Jaguars, one are the better team so far. We'll see, you know, if, if they can uh, back that up and if the Colts are going to be bad at me for saying that. But um, also I think that, you know, just from a – standpoint of at some point Gardner Minshew has to be your best player and I'm not sure that you know how far this team can go if he has to be you know any given Sunday their best player now he's had good performances but if you remember you know in Houston when they when they won with him in there Anthony had given him a two touchdown lead he had to protect you know obviously they go to Baltimore and win Matt Gay has an all-time great performance kicking wise and then last week it was Zach Moss going off so I just think that okay if he has to be the best player how far can this team go and I'm not sure I feel as confident and this team going as far and winning as many games. So um, we'll see, but, um, you know, that's why you go play the game. Yeah, I think that's well said on the Minshew front. Certainly something we can get into stylistically, how things will change with him now under center for at least a month. James, great work on the Zach Moss piece again at, over on The Athletic. I know James has a, his latest up on kind of five questions for the Colts as they enter a big one coming up on Sunday without their starting quarterback. James, thanks for the time this morning, man. Appreciate it, James. Thanks for – yeah, thanks for having me. I was like a genius last week writing about Zach Moss, KB. That's why the, the young journalists out there always write the good stories regardless. <laughs> you need to say that to Mike Mike Chappell and see what his thoughts are later today. Chap calls James the curse. Thank you, James. All right, have a good one. <laughs> Chap calls James the curse. Ever since James Boyd's come on the beat, the Colts have been cursed on that end. I'm kind of uh... – Wish I would have been here earlier. You could have called me the curse. Well, I would have loved for Chap to call me the curse. That would have been know. fantastic. Some might say you resurrected the Jonathan Taylor situation. Well, there we go. Let's go. I'm I do agree, James, from a true serum standpoint. You know, the questions for Taylor, one, you know, would be, I guess, on his end, would you have played without a contract extension? And then on the Colts' end, uh, what happened to the four-win mm-hmm. Comet back in late August? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of unanswered questions uh, with his entire I thing. asked around, you know, will we hear Chris Ballard speak at all on this? Mm. I don't hold your breath. Yeah, in two months. On that. <laughs> and all right, on the other side, we'll continue to get into the Colts conversation again. Gardner Minshew, stylistically, what will change with him now under center? We'll do that next. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5175 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
right, so KB wants to give a happy birthday. We'll do that here in about 15 to 30. We'll do that in 30 seconds. I just wanted to throw this out there. Roger Goodell expected to sign yet another contract extension to be NFL commissioner. You uh, can't I, get rid of him. I mean, he, he's going to go up with this one over $700 million in career earnings being the commish of the NFL. <laughs> just taking bullets for the owners. Just say. Right? It's a pretty good job. Uh, he'll be longer than Tagliabue with the yes, new contract, I yes, assume. Yes, he will. It's gonna. It, his average salary is expected to grow to over sixty-four mil mm, per mm-hmm. year. So about two mil per year. Jim Irsay will be so handing Roger makes, Goodell. He makes you know what fourteen million more than Mahomes annually. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so who's uh, yeah, the uh, birthday, uh, yeah, birthday, birthday shout-out? Shout out. It's my wonderful sister-in-law, Anna Lovers, coming up this Saturday. Okay. Also one of Rosie Bowen's best friends. That would be William Moore, his beloved Bumblebee as well. They are off to the zoo. What a perfect morning for the Indianapolis Zoo. You and Mason need to be checking that out here uh, at some point. So shout-out to sure. the great William Moore and the wonderful Anna Lovers for those uh, birthdays. Now, during the break, I must say <laughs> – Things got a little heated in here. Sam Fritz filling he, in admirably. He for attacked me. Mark Dykton. It was a verbal attack, but mm-hmm. I would say you kind of poked the bear earlier, and Sam didn't get a chance to rebuttal. Uh, you, as you like to do, Andy, right? Uh, took a jab at Philadelphia yeah. sports. Yeah, they ruined my life. Sam, yeah, yeah the Eagles ruined my life. Boy, another <laughs> ex-girlfriend comment. Yeah, I don't know what right to here. tell you. Uh, now, Sam Fritz, who is a Philadelphia fan, his explanation of it might take three hours, but he is a fan of Philadelphia sports. Uh, he did not take too kindly to that. But Sam, did I hear correctly that you're going to extend an olive branch? Yeah, what's going on? I, well, I'd like to summarize. I'm a Phillies fan. Okay, just a Phillies um, fan. But... Yeah, so look, I feel like Phillies fans are a different breed from the standard Philadelphia fan. I want to extend an olive branch because here in To Hell with Philadelphia, it hit a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to say, if the Phillies... And that was a direct quote, yeah, no, To Hell with Philadelphia. To Hell with Philadelphia. I'm a journalist. Yeah, I quote direct. I, I took the Braves just because of, uh, out of spite, not out of using my brain and seeing what's going on in this series. Well, to try and win somebody over to Philadelphia, if the Phillies managed to beat the Braves in this series... Everybody in this room currently, I will buy a large Capriati's cheesesteak. Capriati's is a signature in the Pennsylvania, Delaware Let's go area. Phillies! Come and on! If, if it even wins some more people over, a PBR for all involved. Well, I myself yeah. don't drink, but I'll, I'll add that in there. Man, give me a Bryce well, Harper I mean, jersey, a Castellanos jersey, a Schwarber jersey. Listen, Let's go. So this is one of those things where if I'm going to man up and I'm going to be who I am, I'm going to say— Wheeler jersey? Yeah, I'm, I'm, what I'm, else do I need? I'm going to uh, throw back Randall Cunningham. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him no. It's like, you guys can eat the— the cheesecake in front of me or the cheesesteak in front of me or the cheesecake in front of me and I'll just I'll say no to it I'll just sit over here in my sadness and have my cup of coffee and my yeti that's very nice you don't have to do that but listen I don't care about the Phillies that much Andy's it's more it's more the Eagles it's just it's just this damn tush push it's just got me just every time I see we've only seen the Colts do it once right and it didn't work well, my Giants did it. They lost. They, they lost game? an offensive lineman and yeah, a tight end for that. multiple weeks, running a half yard up the middle. Yeah, I guess yeah. you know maybe we'll see the Colts do it now with Gardner. I, in all seriousness, and we can get into this a little <laughs> bit more than nine o'clock hour. I do think when you're talking the short yardage run game, the efficiency in the red zone, they've really been pretty good. And I think Richardson's ability to make plays with his legs is oh, a he was huge running part in the end zone, yeah. of that. And now, obviously, that's lacking. So Oof. what will things change with Gardner Minshew now under center for the next month plus? We'll discuss that on the other side. It is a beautiful Thursday here in Indy. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
All right, been a fun show today. Appreciate Mike Duraco joining us in the 8 o'clock hour as well as James Boyd. You miss any of those conversations or any of the Anthony Richardson talk that we had in the 7 o'clock hour, hit up the podcast, 1075thefan.com. You can hit up the replay on our YouTube channel uh, or download the podcast. Apple, I don't know, who do Android? Who, who is an Android? Do you have an Android, Sam? Sam Fritz? Ugh. Yes, I do. I have a one note. Ugh. I knew I knew when I was involved in these. Uh, you know, when Mark was out, I saw that the that the uh oh, then the mic broke. There it is, Sam. There it is. Kevin's mic cradle broke. You know, it, it was at nine oh two. I was literally just doing that to try and tighten it even more. Which like it's three days in a row. I'm now thinking of my mother-in-law who always says, "Don't make a happy baby happier." And that's literally what I just tried to do. Now that's a good saying. Good. I like good. that. How many yeah. times has she said that to you guys? She, well, with she's your a kids? mother of four. She has four wonderful children, so uh, I certainly lead to her advice on that end. But look, hey, hey, <laughs> hey you fixed it. You're We're back. Ve- you're a veteran now. We're back. Yeah. Uh, so download the podcast. I don't know where do Android people get podcasts, Sam. I say that because I have no idea. I mean, anywhere else except for Apple Podcasts, okay. Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, um, SoundCloud. Okay. All all your standard podcasting apps. I like Sam, but just know that when I see a group message and I know there's one guy that has turned it green instead of iPhone blue, I think differently of you. And and so you you (laughs) tack that on with some of the Philly stuff. You might have to bring us uh, a cheesesteak. I'm kidding. Uh, Jason Hammer going to join us uh, in studio in the next 30 minutes. We'll have some fun for a couple minutes. We'll see uh, what kind of degenerate gambling items he might have for us. So before the break, you teased. How are things different? How do we think it's going to look Sunday in Jacksonville? And just quite frankly, going forward with Gardner Minshew not coming in as a relief pitcher, but uh, being kind of more of the ball. You know, even in Baltimore, you know, he was AR was ruled out. You knew he wasn't going to play, but there still was the thought maybe he could play. And now teams know absolutely he's not going to play. Uh, what items do you have in mind? Because I'm trying to figure out, given that Minshew's played so much this season, it's hard to look at like targets and catches by guys like Pittman and Downs and say, well, you know, he had 30 targets with Richardson and he only had 20, you know, 12 targets with Minshew. Minshew's played so much and they've blended so much playing two quarterbacks that I got to be honest. The answer is I don't know how the numbers are going to be different on Sunday. I don't. Yeah, I, I think there are a few items you can point to, Andy, that are rather obvious just stylistically what will change with Minshew versus Richardson and I guess to go to the baseball analogy you know you're handing him the ball and you need him to go six innings seven in, like they, they, you're not looking over the shoulder to the bullpen whereas you know he's come out of the bullpen and, and played very well which he deserves to be commended for that I don't think it's that easy of a task just to come out uh, in relief and to be as solid as he's been and I'll echo what I said on Monday about Minshew's performance specifically against the Titans what makes him such a great backup quarterback is you don't get volatility with him. Like, you know what you're going to get. You know, I brought up the Brian Hoyer analogy from a few years back. When Hoyer goes in the game against Pittsburgh, uh, when Jacoby gets hurt back in 2019, and boy, there are moments where it's like, damn, Hoyer's whipping it mm-hmm. around the yard, and like, he's not afraid <laughs> to fit in this window. And then Mika Fitzpatrick takes a pick six, 90 yards the other way. And eventually, you just wilted it, and, and you couldn't win the game. With Minshew, he's steady enough to kind of keep you in it. And I would say he keeps the dry, he keeps the car going forward. It's not going forward at 80 miles per hour, but it is going forward. 
Now the question becomes, if you look at his individual performances, let's just look at the Titans game because that was still, what, a one-possession game when he entered and the Baltimore game that he obviously started. You need historic NFL kicking day from Matt Gay to mm-hmm. win the Baltimore game. Right. And on Sunday, you needed Zach Boss to have a career game. Yeah, the O-line played great. Everyone around him, the defense, so had a you, big stop on Derrick Henry. So you're going to need that. Like, sure. I, I don't see him just all of a sudden saying, hey, three, 320 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks on my shoulders. Like I don't see that coming from him. And I think your offense loses juice with him. I think there is a drop-off. Um there's a reason why, Andy, he had lost 10 of his 11 previous starts leading into that Baltimore game. Um, but he can be steady enough to keep the offense in forward and stay away from just the catastrophe that a lot of backups um, inevitably No, catastrophe is the word. It, I, it is. That's the word, KB. I think stylistically, again, just a couple things. The ball is going to come out quicker. It's not going to be as much down the field. So think stringent on timing, ball placement, Again, hitting guys in stride, the hope is those guys make the play after the catch. Okay, Michael Pittman on a crosser, mm-hmm. you've caught it in stride. Now you go take a six-yard ball in the air and run for you know 18 total yards. Um, the lack of turnovers has been a staple of Minshew's career. Again, he hasn't thrown a pick with the Colts. That's 83 pass attempts. If you look at his entire resume, I mean, it's like 45 touchdowns to 15 picks. I mean, that's a notable touchdown to interception ratio. So again, that's what separates him from other backups. It's 46 and 15. Yeah, boy, that's a good, you had that stat ready 46, to go. 15, it's yeah. 46 touchdowns three and 50, to one. Yeah, 15 interceptions. Yeah, which is I mean I mean yeah, no that's impressive. That's darn impressive, sure. especially for a backup. And then lastly, Andy, the the biggest negative I think with him under center again is your offense is no longer multiple. You are not dual threat. We brought up the Zach Moss play with James Boyd. We brought it up throughout the show. The Zach Moss touchdown does not happen with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And when you get into short yardage, when you get into red zone, or when you're just trying to create big plays with Taylor and Moss, you now lack an extra defender needing to worry about the quarterback position and that guy keeping it. So that's where I come back to the point, Andy, of, you're going to lack juice with him. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You're going to lack juice with him throwing the ball vertically, but especially anything with his legs. Yeah, he is. He keeps you going the speed limit, right? <laughs> no yeah, one likes. No one likes to. Yeah. No one likes to jump up on 465 or I 65. But at least he's the not speed going limit. five under. The yes, speed but limit. but he's not going 35 miles per hour on the interstate. He's going closer to 65. Listen, the easy one, and you and you listen. You mentioned it was turnovers. He cannot go out there. Uh, and hurt them because if he does, their margin for error probably because of lack of big plays is going to go down. And then I would even say this, and this is a, man, this is a big unknown. What do they get from Jonathan Taylor? And if, you know, if Richardson were healthy this week, wouldn't that be the number one story? Yeah, because again, we only saw him for one snap together on Sunday. Yeah, but wouldn't that be the number one story is Taylor got 10 reps against Tennessee. What could he, you know, what is he expecting? You know, Steichen yesterday talked about ramping him up and he's going to be a lot more involved. What do you think that means? Do you think double the 10 reps into 20 reps? No, to me it's more than that, right? Double the six touches, or excuse me, the seven touches to 14? Uh, You you think both those numbers are more? Yeah, to me it's not even the reps. It would be the touches. To me it would be doubling it, 14-15, us to have that conversation of him. So that would maybe mean more than Zach Moss then. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see more of a split 
there, and then eventually it's going to be, you know, perhaps a yeah. little bit more. I mean, one guy you are paying uh, a lot I, of I, money I, for, but Moss I has know, been the MVP. And, and I think you will get there, and I totally understand that. And, hell, you might get there by 3.30 on Sunday, you know. But, Andy, I've always been a believer at running back. You just kind of ride the hot hand. And Zach Moss is hot right now. Uh, listen, I think they're Zach going Moss to. Zach Moss is, yeah. I mean, he's he's Beyonce. He's Jessica Simpson. He is hot right now. I mean, it is. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. Un- Does Sam know who Jessica Simpson is? Oh, come on, please. Do- Does yeah, he? I, I, was, I was in my, my youth when Jessica Simpson was hot. He wasn't Simpson born was yesterday. <laughs> Thank I don't, you, Sam. I don't know if that's, already a, feel old enough. if that's a musty reference. I mean, you remember. I'm not going to get into that story. I mean, you remember her and Tony Romo, some of the stuff that came out? I was nervous like he had, rule, like he had rules that. of the relationship. Anyway, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Why does Tony Romo allowed to have rules in the relationship? Um, I'm, shockingly, I'm anti. I'm anti Tony but, Romo. But I, I mean this in all seriousness, man. Zach Moss has never been in an NFL rhythm. Like he never had that in Buffalo. And, and to be fair, it's not like he produced enough to where Buffalo said, "Guys, we got to get Zach Moss twenty carries a game." Right. Whereas right now, he is in that rhythm. Yeah. And, well, and if you even go back to late last season. He had some moments, and I know last season was so disastrous, particularly at the end. Zach Moss was a consistent presence. So now when you fast forward to this season and what he's given you, to me, I still think you are starting the game with Zach Moss, and he's your bell cow. Now, again, I'm a big believer in game flow. I'm a big Mm. believer in riding the hot hand. There's been games even in Taylor's career, to be honest with you, Andy, where it's been like, should they have Naheem Hines handle this series again? Like, you know, even sometimes – you get that. So I don't want to act like, boom, it should be as big of a discrepancy as you saw on Sunday. But I do think Zach Moss needs to get the initial look. Yeah, can you go 20 carries by Moss and you're going to – I mean, my thinking is you're going to run the football and on top of it you're not going to have those AR runs, right? So so if you think there's, if there's five, six, seven, whatever that number is, yeah. that's going to – if you're still going to run the ball, that's going to go to other guys. No, I think it instead of maybe 25 carries for Moss or 23, maybe that goes down somewhere between 17 and 20 and, you know, some of those rushes along with a couple of those AR are uh, go to Jonathan Taylor. But, I mean, listen, we've talked turnovers. I do think, and we saw this in the overtime catch with Michael Pittman and maybe Pierce, maybe. I just, we, I mean, to me, Pierce gets two looks a game and, you know, two targets and maybe he gets a catch, maybe he doesn't. You are going to have to make a play down the field. You will. Like, at some point, that will be, uh, you know, that will absolutely be a conversation. I think that's what James Boyd was saying to us. Like, when you're the starting pitcher, you've got to get your team to the sixth or the seventh inning. Like, and that means you're going to have to get out of a jam. You're going to have to deliver in a way. And I don't know. I can't really. I guess maybe the jump ball to Pittman in overtime. I'm trying to think back to the Baltimore game, Andy, when Minshew made the big time throw. I don't really recall that too too much. Uh, but you're going to have to have that, particularly when you're playing a quality opponent. And Sunday qualifies as a quality opponent. Yeah, after you get through Sunday, then you kind of get into some slugfest games. Oh, some 1916 type is, is games. Is Cleveland getting to 20? Right. Is New Orleans getting to 20? Mm-hmm. Is Carolina and New England after that? Whereas this team on Sunday, while they haven't been as potent as the, as I thought they'd be, to me, again, Jacksonville's quarterback, running back, and skill, I think it's the best group that you that you face all year. I, I think what is interesting to me is, is twofold. Number one... Does Steichen show us something different knowing that, and it kind of feeds into my second point, don't you feel like 
with, you know, we've talked about the Moss run last week where, uh, you know, the defenders had to kind of guess, you know, is AR going to keep this? No, it's Zach Moss, and now here is a big play, and it's made because of the uh, of the legs of the feet of Anthony Richardson. When you don't have that, to me, uh, as a guy who's trying to, you know, figure out what he's watching on the field of football, it makes Indy more... Uh, it makes them easier to yeah, guard. Makes them more traditional. Right? Yeah, makes them more traditional. You can bring those linebackers in. You can bring those safeties in. We talk about seven, eight in the box. To me, uh, I, I think you see some more of that. So, what does Steichen do? KB knowing he's probably going to get some of that, right? Like what he's going to have to have a few wrinkles. Yeah, we he's going to have to he, go into his bag yeah, as the young kids as, as the kids would say, he's going to have to because uh and that might not be a lot. That might just be there are a few plays that are new, there are a few wrinkles that are new that are going to affect a couple drives, right? But there's no doubt about it. Uh, to, to me, the margin for error has probably even tightened a little bit more. You know, Matt Gay's not going to be able to go out there and miss a field goal <laughs> like he did against the Rams. You know, he has a 45-yard field yeah. goal. He's going to have to go, and he's going to have to make that. Yeah, Minchu if if can't, Lawrence throws one to you, you can't drop it. By the way, speaking of Minshew, you know he pulled an Orlovsky. Uh, today is the anniversary or of Orlovsky oh, running God. out the back of the end zone. Today, it was that early in the season? It, it was uh, October 12th, 2008. Now, do you remember the defender who was chasing him? I don't. Would you rather have Minshew's hair or Lawrence's hair? Lawrence's hair. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I think Lawrence's hair. Let at, me tell you why. At times from behind, they might mistake you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Save that sentence, Sam. We can cut know. that up. Put that on the best of. Well, that's no, the most politically no, correct he, statement. He, here, but. No, it's a nine o'clock hour. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's why I say Who that. Who's the defender? Uh, Min- Jared Allen. Uh, Minshew is the Vikings. It another, was in, another great, it was in Minnesota. It was first quarter in Minnesota, the first score of the game, actually, 0-0 at the time. Minshew has the, yes, the Uncle Rico, the, the not the mullet, but he's got very much the Leonard Skinner type look. Does that make sense? No, it's just fitting yeah, for you know, Jacksonville. Well, no, it's, well, it is. To me, Trevor Lawrence tries to portray a look of sexiness. Does that make sense? Like his long hair is more of a model long hair. Who's the Who's the model that got hit in the face with a bird on a roller coaster? Is it Was it Fabio? What was his name? Remember that, the male model? That was Fabio. Yes. Yes. And that is the comp for <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Right? No, it's just funny that Sam knew where I was going. Sam he, was all over. He that. did get hit in the face with a a bird flew into his face when he was on a roller coaster. Gosh. Fabio. He actually required surgery after that. Did he really? I, yeah. I would think so. I mean, I mean that's got to be quite face. the. That's going to be quite the impact. It's one of those where your feet dangle down, yeah. I believe it was. And I he, mean, he yeah, pulled up to the, they pulled up to the station and he was in the front row. If His Harold, face was all bloody. Harold Landry is hitting Anthony Richardson <laughs> and the turf is causing that for the shoulder. Imagine what a bird flying at roller coaster speed. But, but you know what I'm saying? Lawrence is trying to do the Fabio look where I believe, you know, Minshew is trying to do the Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, let's go hang out with JMV and, and watch a band that, you know, in that era, by the way, I can I can I I just I gotta say something. I know you probably disagree with me here. I love Bill Self. And Bill Self didn't get in any trouble yesterday. And I heard JMV taking a shot at Bill Self. He hates Kansas. I love Bill Self. Oh yeah, JMV does. I, hate I Kansas. love I love Bill Self. Well, what, what do you love about him? I'm just curious. I I've, I don't really oh, have that extreme a, venom that, that, towards that, Bill that Self. That he's that he's the all shucks guy, but he's a killer. 
Yeah. He's all shucks, but and, it's a killer. And his assistants get in yeah. trouble, uh, but uh, not oh, him. Oh, yeah, and not him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the day after the, all the FBI stuff came out, he wore a big uh, gold gold chain. Yeah, you know why I, I am content with Bill Self? <laughs> is because one of my greatest sports memories involved Bill Self, and that would be uh, Notre Dame in the 03 tournament. Oh, boy. Winning over here at the RCA Dome <laughs> in the second round to advance to the Sweet 16 <laughs> with Chris Thomas, Chris Quinn, Danny tw- Miller, Matt years Carroll, ago. Torn Francis, <laughs> Mike Bray looking great. That's before Mike Bray was like, do you, you know, know what, what Mike I'm done Bray recruiting. is right now? Uh, isn't he an assistant? Didn't didn't someone pick him up to do something, I thought? Assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, yeah, I thought he got picked up somewhere. Good for him. The fighting Quinn Snyders. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that Quinn Snyder to oh, the Hawks, yeah. like midseason. Remember that? Quinn, Quinn Snyder uh, has, he has a scary face. When he gets angry, doesn't he have kind of a scary face? Like when he gets mad? Nothing like Andy and I just going all in on the faces and hairs. Well, Mike Bray did just look like he gave up. He looked like. Oh, without question. He looked like happy hour. I wanted him gone. Yeah. I know you did. I wanted him gone October 12th last year. So, anyway. Love what he did for the program. Cannot wait for Michael Shrewsbury. We know. they're, they're, They're under 500 this year, right? I can hear people saying, why are you guys? AR is injured. Better chance Purdue to the Final Four, Indiana to the Sweet 16. Indiana to the Sweet 16. I, listen, I can't trust Matt Painter you making a Final Four. You said that with a four. conniving laugh. I, I, just, like, I just, come on. I, I, I can't do, do this with It's more to do with Painter. your lack of confidence yes. in Matt Painter in March yes. than it is to do with Indiana. 100%. I mean, Indiana could play here in Indianapolis, couldn't they? They could play a game bridge for the first and second round. First two rounds are here? Yeah. Yeah, I thought about, I was before the show, Sam, you need to look into this. Uh, Kentucky might be good at basketball this year, you know. Yeah, Indiana make the you know make the tournament, you know Purdue and everything else. They could play in Indianapolis. Yeah. Those fans will pay, buddy. So go buy a family four pack right now and sell it to a Kentucky fan here in about four months. Friday Sunday action, March twenty oh, second and twenty fourth. I can't wait to have every pick wrong on my bracket. Now that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was St. Peter's, right? No, no, no. Was it Murray State? Okay, help me here. Who are we talking about? Kentucky lost at Gamebridge a couple years ago. And I'm trying to think of who they lost to. Well, Louisville lost to Murray State. No, was it Murray State? Brother, I can't remember yesterday. Gosh, would that have been the 2021 NCAA tournament? I thought it might have been St. Peter's leading into, uh, no, 21 is a COVID tournament, right? Yes. This is like us trying to do math on the show. It is bad. I'm scrambling from here from to uh, from Gardner Minshew to Shane Steichen to Dan Orlovsky. It was St. Peter. Okay, that was St. Peter's. Was so, here. This is how it worked. All right, Murray State was the seven seed. Remember, they were like thirty-one and two or something. I remember. San Francisco was the ten, and then you had Kentucky. St. Peter's is the two fifteen. St. Peter's beats Kentucky, and then St. Peter's beats Murray State. Right at Gamebridge in the second round, so they go to the Sweet Sixteen, and then. Peacock noises against Purdue. But anyway, Sam, you know, family four-pack, find a Kentucky fan and gouge them. Do you understand me? Gouge them. Because it's not in Lucas Oil. It's in Gamebridge. What's that? Yeah, 16,000, 17,000. That's how you make some money. You want to make rent? That's how you do it. Uh, Pacers back in action, by the way, Monday and Friday. Their fan jam is Saturday, though, this Saturday. If you're looking for something to do Saturday afternoon, we are less than two weeks away from the Pacers season opener. All right, Jason Hammer, uh, we'll get you set from a gambling standpoint. Hammer and Nigel, you hear them from 3 to 7 on our sister station, WIBC. Jason Hammer going to join us in a few. Uh, before that, let's do a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
All right, last night in Major League Baseball, you had quite the scene, certainly in Philadelphia. And they they now are on the brink of moving on to the NLCS. Uh, Bryce Harper, uh, stare, fill me in on that background there. Why was he staring through the eyes of... Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Sam's gonna have to help me here. I've missed so much baseball. What what happened? Didn't they they made a they laughed at Bryce Harper being picked off first to end that game, right? Isn't that what happened? Atlanta laughed at him. I'd I'd have to imagine that's what it was. Yeah, that he was just staring down, kind of to maybe avoid acknowledging embarrassment of getting picked off. It was quite the stare. Yeah, and quite the oh, home run he shot. Sta- he stared down twice. Yeah, from Bryce Harper. Phillies go up two one. They will be facing Spencer Strider today. And the Braves, that is a, uh, I guess, a night game. 8-0-7, first pitch game four. Again, Atlanta has to win to keep their season alive. Uh, it would go back to Atlanta for a win or go home game five. And that one, the other three series are over. Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers 3-0. And in the AL, uh, you had the Astros 3-1 over the Twins. They advanced last night. Seventh straight ALCS for the Astros. That's got to be close to a modern day no, it's, record, it's right? It's ridiculous. No, it's it's they're, they're they're such a good franchise. It's absolutely ridiculous. Have you been in a stare down or stared down by a coach or player in your you know the locker rooms and zooms and press conferences that yeah, you've been a part I, of? I'd say, given my athletic background, I would venture to guess no. <laughs> well, I I've been stared down by Bobby Petrino and Rick Pitino. Oh gosh, well. There you go. How's that Were for a couple? Were on the back of a motorcycle with either of them? <laughs> I was not. I was not, no. Uh, the Rangers also, of course, <laughs> advance. So Rangers and Astros will be the ALCS. The NLCS will be the Diamondbacks, who have yet to lose in this postseason. They will await, again, the winner of Phillies and Braves. It'll be Philadelphia's opportunity tonight, 8 7 uh, just quickly, a couple different things in the NFL. Week six of the NFL season is tonight. About a 10.5, 11-point spread. Kansas City uh, hosting Denver. Denver has lost 15 straight times to the Chiefs. That's that is ridiculous. Do. I mean, how many different quarterbacks and coaches and coordinators and everything else between the two teams? Maybe Denver, it's Thursday night, can keep this close. Kelsey is uh, going to be very questionable in this game, obviously, for fantasy football people. Uh, as well. I want to play one piece of sound uh, just with all the Anthony Richardson stuff. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network was on yesterday with JMV and we've talked about surgery. Here's what Rappaport had to say. I think if there was going to be surgery, you'd probably have it already, you know, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. If, if there's going to be surgery, you'd want it as soon as possible. On the other hand, you know, it might be a situation where you see how well it can heal with rehab and if it doesn't then surgery which would probably end the season i think that's you know that's probably where it would be so if there's surgery it's probably bad news um but you know again i think the hope is just rehab and and then he's okay um but you know these are again these are pretty serious injuries and when you you say a grade three sprain that includes some tearing and that's just kind of the way the injury is unfortunately so um, how quickly can he rehab? I think that all depends on you know what happens the next couple of weeks. And quickly, Shane Steichen did not say much yesterday. Here's one of the bites from Steichen, the head coach of the Colts, on Anthony Richardson. We put Anthony on IR. Um, he's out a minimum of four weeks. Uh, we'll continue to evaluate that process. Uh, don't have a timetable right now for his return. Uh, we'll look at everything. We'll see what happens, what the doctors say with the final deal. So pretty, uh, yeah, pretty that, on point from Stike, and you knew what you were going to get. Second soundbite was in reference of is surgery a possibility? He would not 
even say that he's definitely coming back this season. So it seems like we're still at least four weeks. Minimum, as Shane Sackin said, but still kind of in a wait-and-see period of what's next for Anthony Richardson. On the good news from the injury report yesterday, you did have um, Bernard Ryman back to practice, Quiddy Pay back to practice, Shaquille Leonard back to practice, Braden Smith uh, starting right tackle, wrist and foot. He did not practice. Mo Ali cox out with a concussion. So just two guys, which on a Wednesday, not too bad for the Colts here in Week 6, and it is a big one. Sunday at 1 o'clock, our coverage will begin at 10 a.m. as the Colts look to even the season series and what is about as big of a mid-October game as you are going to find. All right, on the other side, some interesting gambling lines. A question I'm going to have for Jason Hammer. Does anybody bet baseball consistently? <laughs> Should I? <laughs> I, I mean, you're asking the wrong person. Yes, I think you should because gambling wins and gambling losses, always fantastic sports radio content. Like, if you have a bad beat and come in here all angry at 702, that gives us something else to talk about. Jason Hammer knows what he's doing in that world. We'll talk to him next. It is Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton here on the wake-up call. Not Mark Dykton. Oh, boy. Sam Fritz, sorry. <laughs> Am I that forgettable? <laughs> I'm right in front of you, sir. He doesn't worship the Chicago Bears. Sam Fritz filling in extremely admirably for the ill Mark Dykton here. Thank you, Sam. Uh, good Thursday morning to you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, so during the break, Jason Hammer here, IBC, he's hanging out with us. The first thing he said is, you're going to get a bunch of hate mail for having me <laughs> on. I said, more the merrier. People, you know, you know, I'm new here, so people are taking shots at everything I do wrong, you know, if I do something wrong, which is all the time. Uh, but we're happy to have you in. Hope to make this like a like a 9.30-ish on Thursday type thing. All I've been told is that you're a gambler. That's what I know of you, besides your radio presence, of course. You left out the word degenerate. Okay. Well, he's a I'll, gambling degenerate. I was being Right? I was being nice. That's what I was trying <laughs> Man, to be. Man, I'm excited because I was going to bring some moonshine up here for everybody, oh, oh, but right. I thought, Jeez. you know, a little rise and shine action oh, going on like here, it. but I'd feel bad if somebody was like a recovering alcoholic and I didn't want to get any more hate mail than you guys are already going to get. The one and only Jason Hammer is with us, obviously, Hammer and Nigel. The moonshine would uh, would soothe us. Yeah, in the yeah. Hate Rise and shine, baby. You can't drink all day if you don't I, start in the morning. I did go to one wedding like in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and it's like, oh, moonshine in a milk jug. Come back here and try it. I'm like, oh, I can handle that. And oh, after, boy. Let's just say that Sunday was one of the darker Sundays did of, you hallucinate? of my life. It was... Um, <laughs> To go was, blind? It was quite the experience. <laughs> because there's a difference between what you buy in the store. Like, I like the Sugar Lands. I like the, you know, Old Smoky. Right. But yeah. when you got somebody's aunt yeah. making it in a jar this that just has, like, a skull and crossbones on it, that's the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's not made in a bathtub in Goshen, uh, Kentucky yeah, or whatever, you don't know what you're doing. to buy this stuff here. <laughs> uh, well, first off, Hammer, do you bet baseball? Should I, do. I bet baseball? Like, what, what is the plan of attack in betting baseball? Where do you get the best value and look at the pitcher matchup? So, last night you had the Dodgers. I'm sorry. You had the Phillies taking on the Braves. Right. Now, the Braves have the best record in baseball. But, man, the Phillies were at home. They're swinging good bats. They had Nola on the mound. 
it felt like that was free money with the Phillies last night. Now, I would have missed the Dodgers bet. I did not bet that game last night. I told you I would have taken the Dodgers to bounce back and, you know, not yeah. embarrass themselves. Yeah. And they were minus 145, I think, going into that game. Yeah. So baseball's tough, man. It is. And if you're going to bet a money line, see if you can just get it minus one, if the favorite is minus one, because chances of that thing being a one-run game, probably pretty slim. Right. So get the more money. Get the juice, baby. Now, you are a little concerned about Mother Nature tonight with Thursday Night Football. Is that correct? So, I'm a nerd. I love weather stuff. I originally went to Ball State to become a weatherman. Like, <laughs> I did not I, know that. I wanted to be Jim Cantori on the Weather Channel, <laughs> hanging onto a palm tree in Kill Devil Hills as a you know wind gust takes my pants off. That's what I wanted to be. And somehow... You what know, happened? Well, I thought telling poop jokes was more fun, so... <laughs> it is. Somehow got into radio, and uh, so I'm looking at the wind gust tonight, right? Like, rain usually isn't a problem for the degenerate gambler, but wind is, and we're hearing wind gusts of around 20 to 25 miles per hour. Not constant, but enough to screw up the kicking game, enough to affect deep passing, and you don't have to pull my arm to bet unders on Thursday night. If you look mm-hmm. at the numbers, man... Thursday nights, we bet unders. And the number's 47. The Broncos stink. The wind's blowing. Nobody likes to bet the under. It feels un-American. Nobody wants to root for punts and turnovers. But I think the Chiefs are doing the heavy lifting tonight. I don't know how active Kelsey's going to be in the passing game with the wind, the short week, the injuries. I'm going to take it down, man. I'm going to go under 47 tonight. I like that. I am, listen, I now I'm no... thinking, should I be benching Cortland Sutton in my fantasy team because it's too Ugh. windy to throw the ball? Here's what you do. Do am you I have any that? running backs yeah, of Kansas City? Yeah, I actually have Javante Williams for, for Denver. Okay. Maybe. Then you got a ball game here. Because okay. right. if you're All a prop right. better, if you're doing a little prop lock and drop yeah. it tonight, uh, Isaiah Pachenko, Jarek McKinnon. Take a look at these guys. One of them is going to be involved in the passing game. So flip a coin here. Who's it going to be? But both of these numbers are very doable. Pacheco, last time I checked, was over 12.5. McKinnon, over 13.5 receiving yards. So if you think Mahomes is going to be involved in some dink and dunk action tonight, which historically they've been doing that against Denver, look at what happened last year. I think those plays are in the mix. Again, okay. you got a 50 50 chance of which one he's going to favor tonight. So here's the thing, and I don't know. I've known KB for a couple months, okay? I don't know how he reacts to a bad beat or stringing together a couple betting losses. And so he's a very. I usually go moonshine. He's a very, <laughs> very even keeled man. And so I don't know if I want him to lose some of these bets to put him on the edge, hammer just a little bit. You understand? No, I think the show would be better on the edge. Well, that's what I yeah. said. I want him to come yeah. in here and just go full Bob Knight. I'm not here to mess around this week. If you're not going to recover, Kevin, if you're not going to recover, Sam. Like, that's the KB that I want. Sam is raising his hand right now. Go ahead. Just if I may, speaking from experience, the most risky Kevin you're getting is a happy Kevin, as when the Notre Dame uh, Mika Shrewsbury news broke yeah. last year. He came in and took started his shirt off. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I did have my shirt off. Now, I if if you don't mind, <laughs> Micah great, Shrewsbury. great transition there, Sam. Um, Hammer, I'm looking at our local college football teams here on Saturday, oh. and I see Notre Dame favored by two and a half against USC. I see Indiana as a 33-point underdog at the big house. <laughs> if I handed you $10, which one are you putting that on? Oh, man, I'd rather bet a Mac or a Sun Belt game, to be honest, than an Indiana game at this <laughs> Troy, point. Troy football. Um, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame game. 
like the way that I do my betting, right, yes. is I think in my mind what the point spread should be, and then I check and see what it actually is. And if all things are equal, and I think USC and Notre Dame are actually pretty close to being equal, if the better quarterback is getting points, that's where I want to hitch oh, my wagon. Gosh. Oh, and last time I checked, yeah. the better quarterback was getting points in South Bend. Now, the caveat to this is this is such a desperation game for your Irish, Kevin. Like, Freeman needs a signature win. Yes, right? badly. And uh-huh. USC's defense stinks. Yeah, they can't tackle anybody. USC has to play arena football every single week. So take a look at the over. Like, if you don't want to pull the trigger on USC, take a look at the over. It's a high number for South Bend, 60 and a half. But I think Notre Dame's going to give you everything they got. I think USC's going to put points on the board. I think 60 and a half is doable. Boy, that is a big over. I'm just this slate of college football this weekend stinks, by the way. What about Oregon Washington? I'm looking at Oregon Washington. That's a big one. Maybe Tennessee and the uh, fighting Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fishers in AM. I love Tennessee in this matchup. I do too. I love the Why do you like them? Take a think about this here. So last week, Texas A&M, they pour their heart and their soul into this home game against Alabama. They scratch, they claw, and they ultimately lose to a beatable Alabama team at home. The last time we saw Tennessee was two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and they finally looked like the Tennessee offense we expected under Josh Heupel. They put it on South Carolina in a revenge game. So they're coming off a bye. It's the checkerboard out at Neyland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crowd's going to be rocking. Oh, Nationally yeah. televised game. You've got a deflated Texas A&M squad, and the line's down to three. It went from three and a half to three. So I like that a heck of a lot better than three and a half. I'm hitching my wagon to Tennessee. All right, so Hammer with us. I want to I want to show him something. So I have a uh, don't say this guy's name on the air, but I, I got a buddy. Okay, he's an old Just Hollywood. Yeah, okay. There's a guy named <laughs> he's a guy we call Hollywood. And every day, every Thursday morning during the show, the emails come in. He has all these tip sheets. Look at my email right now. How many he sent? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I need to be friends yeah, with this well, guy. I'll, I'll, Why are we not hanging out? I'll forward, watching Mac football together. Yeah, I'll forward I'll forward him to you if you want to take a look at him. What's some? I mean, there's like there's like 12 of them here, KB. Uh, before we let you go, Hammer, any gut feel on the Colts? Uh, Four-point underdog with Jacksonville. And what do you just make of Richardson's and injury and everything else? Yeah. So Richardson is who we thought he was in Florida. Great runner. Phenomenal skill set. Not going to beat you passing the ball down the field. Like, I don't know why people thought something was going to be different in the NFL than it wasn't in Florida. That was the scouting report on Richardson. He's not going to beat you by throwing it downfield to wide receivers. So, unfortunately, man, I hate to be a chalk-eating weasel. I like Jacksonville (laughs) in this spot. The thing the Colts do better than the Jags is probably the running attack. But it's not by much, because Travis Etienne can play. The things Jacksonville does better than Indianapolis, you've got a better quarterback, you've got a better deep threat receiver. I love what Ridley's been able to do this year. They're at home, crowds into it. Man, four... What about coming off the two in in London? I don't think that's a big deal. I think they're back at home. And it's not like they're taking on a contender, let's be honest. Um, Listen, the Colts are better than we thought they were, but they struggle against Jacksonville... Anyway, they lost by 10 at home. You're going to tell me they're going to go on the road and lose by less than four? That's a tough sell. One more thing here, because I know you guys got to go. Am I a lunatic for taking the Patriots plus three this weekend? Because I'm having a hard time coming to grips with the reality. Who the hell are they playing? Boston College? The Raiders (laughs) in Las Vegas. Jimmy G. Do you really think 
Bill Belichick's going to stir the pot of getting fired by laying an egg against Josh McDaniels? Gosh, that's a great Okay, question. so I, I wanted to believe— I think Robert Kraft interjects and says, we're yeah. tanking for Caleb Williams. But the Pats the Pats got blown out two weeks ago, and I'm, I'm blanking on who they got blown out well, the by. the Saints Well, no, it. that was last week, and so I thought they might bounce back at home against the Saints. I know. And then they got blown out again, so I'm, I off, know. I'm off the believing New England plus the points. That's just me. Taking New England gets you evicted from this city. It does, but I'll take my winnings and I'll move to the suburbs. So I hate it. Like, I hate myself. I'm even considering pulling the uh, the trigger here. But the Patriots and Belichick getting points against Josh McDaniels uh, yeah, I, and I, Jimmy G. When you say the line, it is something that piques my interest. But There's gosh. no way they could be this god-awful three weeks in a row, it's right? element of sacrilegiousness. And you Jason don't even Hammer need them right to there. win. You just need them to hang around and make it competitive. You're getting the points here. That right. is... Well, I have one more for okay. them. If, if the... If, and we've asked other guys this. So you guys are into entertainment and everything else. And I always... Me and KB were talking about it. If the Travis... If the, if the Taylor Swift story were happening to an Indianapolis Colt, and she were in town, okay, and just make up any Colt player, okay? How would you guys handle it on air? What fun would you have with it? What radio bits would you have, do you think? I mean, <laughs> I would hope that it would be somebody of note. Like, nobody cares if Taylor Swift's dating the long snapper. Right, right. Although you could probably make some tongue-in-cheek jokes about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> I might prefer her dating the long snapper. Like, uh, Actually, that would be good. A couple content. years ago, you had Simone Biles, like, and I think she ended up marrying like the Texans' backup safety. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's not juicy. Right, right. Uh, the whole trailer story, Travis and Taylor, which we've dubbed them trailer, which fits on so many levels. Um, I think it's burned a few people out. You think? Yeah, just you, a little you, bit. It's called America. And yeah. here's here's the secondary effect of this. Chiefs fans are ticked off because now on the secondary markets, oh, yeah. stub hubs and everything else, oh, yeah. all the Swifties are buying tickets yeah. and the diehards, you know, the, the Jimmy Cooks are not getting their yeah. tickets secondhand. That's a great point. That is a great point. Uh, he is Jason Hammer again. Hammer and I. Nigel, every weekday on our sister station, WIBC, 3 to 7. Hammer, thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. That is Jason Hammer right there. He's going to be joining us coming up on some Thursdays as we get uh, deeper into football season. All right, to round out the show today, it will be the pop quiz, 317-239-1070. A little hockey flavor, am I seeing hey. correctly, on today's pop quiz. So give us a call, 317-239-1070. All right, last segment. Uh, appreciate Hammer joining us. Can't wait to do that every Thursday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just a bunch of you know sports guys talking BS. How about that? That's what we'll do. Uh, that's what we'll do. All right. So a couple things. Number one, uh, I'm texting back and forth with our guy Eddie Garrison. They have Tony Dungy at two thirty today. Yes. Yeah. So, he did. Uh, he did tell us. Yeah. That. Tony Dungy at two thirty today. Uh, obviously, Jake at noon. JMV coming your way at three o'clock. But they will have Tony Dungy at two thirty. I wanted to do that, and then uh, we have the TVs finally got turned on at nine forty-eight. The final segment of the show. It took four radio guys to learn how to turn a television on. Well, so that's. That's where we are. Kind of par for the course in this building. <laughs> Scotty Johnson once again saves the he day. Saved everything. And on that, Scotty's going to be mad at me. I had a, uh, I saw a kind of a trivia question on Twitter last night, and I meant to, you know, send it to him, and he could use a variation of it. And then the bourbon took hold, and Scotty, I have no idea where it went. So that's where we are. Uh, all right, do you want to pick the caller here, KB? Where do you uh, want to go? Let's go with number. So what? Kellen Mond was wearing twelve yesterday. Let's go with the second digit there. Let's go with number two. All right, caller two. What do we have, Sam? That is Bo. 
Bo, good morning. How are you today, sir? Good morning, guys. Can you hear me? We can. Hey, can Bo, you, how can you, you doing? Hear us? It's always good to call in and talk to you guys. I think the last time I called in, I got raked over the fires by Jake Query for not knowing the Bo Jackson trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's a big oh, one in Jake's boy. eyes. Jake and Bo Jackson are that's tied a, at the hip. That's his obsession? No Bo intended. Jackson? Yes, it's he a good, loves. You know what? Bo that was Jackson. a that was a good pun. It yeah, really I, I was. Didn't even mean I'm to. sorry. I kind of stepped on it. That was uh, the hip. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to. <laughs> Bo, where are you calling from? I'm calling from my car. I'm getting ready to go pick. I got like ten kids sitting over at my house. I'm gonna go pick up some Long's donuts on the south side for the boys, man. Wow, so, that's nice. a hell of a what? Thursday morning. God bless those kids getting Long's donuts here. Super dad, man. That's how it was. I got a trivia question back at you, KB. Uh, before we get started, so Zaire Franklin right now has 69 tackles after five games, okay? Not counting with assists, it says 69 tackles. Who holds the all-time solo tackle record in the NFL? Because Zaire Franklin's going to smoke it this year. Boy, that's a great question. Um, first of all, there was a joke in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> my, my guess would be Zach Thomas, former Dolphin, former A&Mer, Zach Thomas. Nope. The right answer is. Oh wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Ba ba da ba ba. You missed. You suck. The real answer is Ray Lewis. 156 <laughs> solo tackles in 1997. Right now, Zaire Franklin's on pace to have 235 tackles if we get play, if we averages the 13 tackles through 17 games. But we need to hire you as our new sound guy after that. <laughs> that was an impressive effort there. <laughs> well, I've gotten a you suck before, so I think you might as well get one now, on one time. <laughs> one more question before, before we get started. We're going to have to make this quick. Are the 10 kids, are they all yours, or what's going on there, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, uh, no, we got the Ron Collie bunch down here today. We got all the freshmen, a few sophomores. That's the boys having a good time over fall break. Man. Oh, I, love I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Uh, all right, Andy Sweeney, fire one, Bozley. Is this Philip Rivers or Color Bo? If they, if they were all his, you know, I'm like, what the hell? I know. All right, Bo, let's go. Let's do this thing. All right, question number one. The Colts head to Jacksonville to face the Jags on Sunday. The Colts have dropped eight in a row to the Jags on the road, either in Jacksonville or, of course, in London. Who was the last Colts quarterback to beat the Jags in Jacksonville? Was it Dan Orlovsky, Peyton Manning, Matt Hasselbeck, or Andrew Luck? Let's see. We're going to have to go with four, eight. Let's see. We'll go with Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Nice start there, Bo. Number two yeah. here, the Astros advanced to the ALCS for the seventh straight year with their win over the Twins last night. Only one other team has more consecutive league championship series appearances. Is it the Braves, the A's, the Reds, or the Yankees? Uh, let's go with as much as I'd like to go with the Braves, man. They made a nice run there when I was a kid with Dale Murphy. I'll go with the Yankees. Yeah, the, the answer to this pretty iconic in my childhood. Certainly. Yeah, you got to – had to make sure you found TBS. Who'd you say, Bo? <laughs> um, I meant to say I think the Reds. Oh, oh, the Reds. Man. Okay. Yeah, right, TBS. Oh, uh, no. number, Turner, uh, number three, uh-huh. Ted Turner. <laughs> okay. The Braves. I said the Braves. Braves. I know. Wow. Long's donut order, wow. I know, has overwelmed you, so yeah. I just wanted to make sure you had a clear mind there. God, how many donuts well, were I, 10 I, high I schoolers eat? I'm sorry. I was talking on the phone to Bobby Cox when you asked that question. <laughs> My fault. So keep rolling. All right, question number three, Bo. Somewhat overlooked due to the baseball playoffs. Who's the pitching coach for the Braves, uh, Scotty? Liam Mazzoni. I can picture him right now. 
Looked like him and Bobby Cox were long lost brothers. Yes, they really did. All right, question number three, a uh, little NHL. Somewhat overlooked due to the baseball playoffs, the NFL, the NBA preseason. The NHL's regular season got underway on Tuesday night. Who is the defending Stanley Cup champion? Is it the Florida Panthers, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, or the Carolina Hurricanes? Come on, Bo. You got this. Oh, my God. Seriously? I suck at this. Uh, hockey. Oh, my gosh. I mean, last time I was a hockey fan, minute, the Stars played in Minnesota, not Dallas. Um, let's see. Uh, I wouldn't know. There's no – There's. who did you say it was again? I okay, yeah. It. Was it the Florida Panthers? The Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, or the Carolina Hurricanes? Uh, we'll go with the Hurricanes. <laughs> All right, number four here, Bo. Connor Bedard, number one overall pick in the NHL. He scored an assist in his debut with the Blackhawks on Tuesday. I believe he scored last night. Uh, at 18 years, 85 days old, Bedard is the second youngest wow. player in franchise history to record a point in his NHL debut. Name the only Blackhawk who was younger to notch a point in his debut. Uh, Denise Savar, Stan Makita, Eddie Olchick, or Bobby Hull? <laughs> if you can spell the first three, you, you need to get a better job. Yeah, agreed. I'll go with, I'll go with, I'll go with uh, Bobby Hull. This guy did some announcing. He loves horse racing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still don't know the answer. <laughs> fair enough. Second guy. Fair, fair enough. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces. Now we're going to something I'm sure you know, Bo. WNBA. The Vegas Aces beat the New York Liberty last night to take a 2-0 lead in the best of five WNBA finals. If Vegas wins the series, they will be WNBA champions for a second straight year. Who was the last WNBA team to win back-to-back championships? Was it the Seattle Storm, the Phoenix Mercury? Mercury, the Houston Comets, or the Los Angeles Sparks? Good luck. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to, I think I'm liking the Sparks with this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my clue is going to be you hope the high schoolers don't do this coming up this weekend. Right. I don't know. Sparks, I don't know. Maybe that was a, maybe that was an awful one on that end. Yeah. Thank I, you, Sam. I deserve that, Sam Fritz. Bo, a hell of an effort. Andrew Luck was correct. 2014, that was an absolute route by the Colts, 44-17 in that one. Uh, after some convincing, he went with the Braves. He got the Sparks right. Yeah, he got the Sparks right. Yeah, the, but the uh, hockey the were ho- the issues. The hockey ones killed you. The uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup last season. And uh, Eddie Olchek is the answer uh, to who scored the youngest there in Chicago. And that oh, dude- have a blast, man. And boy, you are hero of the day for getting the Longs Donuts for the kids. Talk about that. A little fall break action. Have you experienced longs yet? I have not. Does that need to be on my list? Yeah, I got to make that happen. Okay. I think if Notre Dame beats USC, we got to have a longs. Maybe a longs Monday. I'm fine with that. Then I'll root for Notre Dame. I'm very, I'm I'm simple to please here, KB. Gosh, I really want that to happen. I mean, how many high schoolers, how many donuts can they eat? Uh, That's a great question. Sophomores and juniors. I mean, they got to crush. He's got to get at least 30 donuts, doesn't he? I was going to say three a man. Three a man, yeah. Without 30 donuts. Thank you to Mike DiRocco. Thank you to James Boyd. Thank you to Jason Hammer. Variety of guests today on the show. Sam Fritz, great work. Appreciate you coming out of the bullpen for a sick Mark Dykton. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Round it out the week. Wake up call with KB and Andy.